Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. How are y'all doing? Welcome to the best damn movie show on the internet, coming to you live from John Campia's YouTube channel. Today, John Campia's not with us, though. He is celebrating his anniversary. Yay! Yay! So if you want to hop on Twitter, Instagram, show him and Anne some love. They're having a wonderful little vacay over in Vegas. So today, it is I, Chris Carr, holding down the fort. Hang on to your butts, everybody, okay? We've got a lot of fun stuff to get into. We're going to talk about movies, movie news, all kinds of good stuff. And we get to do it with all of you. So thank you for being here. And of course, I am not alone. I am with my buddy, the amazing producer, editor, wonderful comic connoisseur, hot toys guru, Robert Mybrat. How you doing, Robert? You know what? Hang on to your butts. I got to just point out, that was a great callback to Jurassic Park, thank especially you. for this weekend. This is why we love Chris Carr. Chris Carr is the real deal. She knows her stuff. Aww. And I am so happy here to be your wingman today. I appreciate that. Your check is in the mail. Thank you, you for the kind well, words. No, no, no. When I had COVID, I was looking forward to doing that. That's how we were going to do I it. Know. And I was literally sitting in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then I get the COVID test from Elizabeth. And yeah. I'm like, I call John. I'm like, bro. And I was looking forward. So this this is long, long time coming. This is like the, the first mini episode of Rob and Chris Have Issues. So, <laughs> which is our new show. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm very honored to be here with you. And I, we're, we're not just doing this show today. No, we are doing also an after show. Which an is after show. Really, we'll really talk great. about that later. Yeah. We also, of course, have Ray Ora joining us. And he's joining you in the chat. Ray, how are you doing? Uh, hey, I got two, I got two things um, right now. Yeah. Um, I think there's something going on with John and Ann. You know, I think they may be dating. Oh, my gosh. Do you think so? They've been hanging out a lot lately. How do you feel about that? Um, That's fine. You know, I have a job. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this show is brought to you by Aviation Gin. (laughs) Wow. When the cat's away. (laughs) The the Ray is going to play. And, of course, making sure that everything goes smoothly today. We could not do this at all without him. We've got producer Jonathan joining us, too. Jonathan, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Good morning, everybody. Y'all better hope I don't get COVID because <laughs> then we are screwed. It's going to be a really interesting show. Uh, the rest of us do not know how to use any of the buttons or cameras here. So, no. We really appreciate it. And hey, guys, just a quick little bit of housekeeping, too. If you are wanting to tune into the show, but hey, maybe you're at work, you can't have YouTube up, you're on a jog, something like that. There is an audio-only version of this show, too. You can go over wherever you get your podcasts and go find the John Campia Show podcast version, listen to the delicious auditory version of this, hear RMB's wonderful ASMR voice. Hello, oh, everyone. What a tasty treat for you. Tune in to the John Campia Show podcast <laughs> wherever you Get your podcasts. Ooh, so nice. Spicy. Now, before we get into our main topics today, we do have a few things off the top for y'all. So let's get into those. First and foremost, this comes as no surprise. It is Amazon's flagship show right now, I think. The Boys is getting renewed for another season. Yes! More diabolical. Hey, a little, there we go. There we go. We're going to have more babies in Butcher. Yes, yes, yes. I am so, so hyped about this. And of course, we're going to talk about the boys today, Rob, for our after show at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Again, you and I are, are together. Yeah. We're doing a show together. Boys after show. Duo. How uh, are you feeling about this next season, even before this one's wrapped up? Well, you know, just to give you a, a preview, I'll flat out say it. Mm-hmm. I think that the boys season three, the first four episodes are an amazing example of genre television. And I think the writing is incredible. It surpasses the comic book. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the source material. And everyone, everyone on this production is working at the top of their game. And of course, the people at Amazon have seen the whole season. So they know what's up. They've obviously seen the hero gasm. So why wouldn't Ooh. you want to have a season four? Oh, uh, yeah. This is very exciting. And I, I can't wait. I, I mean, 
these four episodes have been so strong, not just as a, a, a as as a fun body jaw dropping show, but yeah. the character development, the plot development, the threat level is just amped up. Mm-hmm. I mean, not since Ramsey Bolton have I wanted someone to die as much as I want Homelander oh to my die. Gosh, yeah. But but the thing is, you can't kill Homelander, but you can do what Khan wanted to do to Kirk. I'm not going to kill you. I've hurt you. Ooh. And I wish to go on. Ooh. I have a question Hurting. for you guys. Yes. Right. Do you need to watch the first two seasons? Because so, I was oh. like peeking over when my roommate was watching season three, and I was like, this looks kind of entertaining. Can I just watch it right from here? I mean, it's going to give you all the backstory on the characters and those relationships. Uh, the, the first season of The Boys is great. And I, I promise you, you will not sleep, Snorlax. Yeah. You will be so into this, right? It it's does really have good. pretty pretty gory humor, pretty sexual humor and stuff like that. I will warn you on that. But like Rob was saying, it takes the comics, which are very, very shock-inducing and sometimes shocking for the sake of being shocking. Yeah. That's, that's what they do. This really elevates the source material. So even though there's all that ridiculous over-the-top violence and sex, it's telling some really, really important stories and it's really grounded storytelling too. Right on. Because yeah. I watched the animated, the diabolical. Oh, yeah. And I loved it. It was, it was good. Oh, it was like funny. You'll like it, dude. Yeah. You'll binge it and like it. You'll sit down and watch it in a day. What was your favorite episode of Diabolical? Um, The poop the, the poop one, I, I think. Love the Anytime poop there's one. poop involved, it's nasty, but it's always funny. You can't do something with poop and it not be funny. I agree. <laughs> have you ever looked into how they'd have to go to the bathroom on the moon? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's very upsetting. Because... <laughs> For All Mankind also started, and it is excellent. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It dropped already? Yeah. I thought you said this weekend, man. Bro, it's... Okay, shh. Don't we know that shows drop on Friday at midnight? Oh, okay. Actually, this dropped yesterday. It's Thursday. Okay. I'm going to check that It's out. really good. Lots of good All things right. to watch. And speaking of other good things to watch, we have another off the top, too, about a wonderful, wonderful surprise kind of movie, right? Old Guard did not have any right to be as good as it was. A no. Netflix original, right? But anything with Charlize Theron, I am all for. Well, Old Guard 2 already has an amazing cast coming in. We are adding Uma Thurman and Henry Golding to the cast, which I know, quoting John here, it's never a bad idea to add talent, right? <laughs> no. And I and this kind of talent. I love Uma Thurman so much. I think she's wonderful. I really need to check out her new show on Apple because that looks fantastic, You know, too. I liked it a lot more than a lot of other people. I started reading yeah? reviews of it, and like they're not... The reviews weren't great, but I thought it was good. It looked really cool. And like you, I'm a huge Uma Thurman fan. Mm-hmm. I've always loved her. I mean, obviously her three collaborations with Quentin Tarantino and Pulp Fiction and oh, then, yeah. uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. I, but I love her. I've always loved her. And uh, I love that she's kind of coming back. Absolutely. And Henry Golding, I mean, he delivers on action, too. <clears throat> in, uh, in, I mean, it wasn't a great film, but Snake Eyes, he's magnificent. <laughs> he commits to what he's trying to do here. And in Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, oh my as gosh. the villain, he was great. So great. I'm, I'm just happy he's still getting so many opportunities, because what an incredible actor. I mean, this is a guy, too, who all of us were talking about should be in the running for the next James Bond. Agreed. Like he's fabulous. I mean, you want to if you want to take Bond modern, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they've been doing it, but the Daniel Craig films seemed they were a little too dour for me. Yeah, Henry Golding could bring back he. If you watch the gentleman, he's dangerous, mm-hmm. but he could bring back that sort of dapper. He could be a cross between Pierce Brosnan's Bond and Daniel Craig's Bond, yes. and find that and have him please go on a mission. Just, just have him sent on a mission. Just a mission? Yeah, not, not like I don't want him to like go on his first mission, then his last mission, and he's yeah. always coming out of retirement. Send him on a proper mission to go after some 
world-dominating megalomaniac. Mm -hmm. Can I get that? I would love that. Mm -hmm. Does this additional cast increase your excitement, Rob, or...? How are oh, you no, about absolutely. You know what? I have to tell you, I, I mean, I, while the old guard, I didn't think it was great. I really liked it. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, it was it was like what I used to what I really miss is when I'd go to the theater and see like call them B movies. Yeah. That were really good. I mean, they weren't the Godfather. But if you went and watched a movie, The Hidden, New Lines, The Hidden from the late 80s mm -hmm. with Kyle MacLachlan and Michael Nouri about. Well, I don't want to tell you what it's about, but there's aliens involved and strippers and Ferraris. Sweet. And rock music. Sold. I'm in. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, literally, it's about an alien that loves strippers, wants to be president of the United States, and loves heavy metal. That alien's awesome. Uh, right? I know. The alien, the alien antagonist was the audience, and I thought that was a great conceit. I miss movies like that, and mm -hmm. the old guard seemed to me to be a great B movie, even though it had probably an A-list or a level budget, yeah. but I really liked it. It didn't, it wasn't great, but I would give it a solid B, B plus. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm glad that world was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Bring I'm it excited on. excited to revisit it. But guys, the question is for you. How are you feeling about this cast? How are you feeling about Old Guard 2? Are you excited? Does this move the needle for you? Let us know in the comments down below. Thanks so much. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's get into our main topics, all right? And how do we pick them? Well, it's really, really easy. All you guys are going to do is head on over to our website. You are going to go to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Hit us up with your questions, things that you think we should be talking about, and if we deem them worthy, appropriate, timely, maybe, just maybe, we'll put them on the show. So with all that down and out of the way, let's get into it. Me. What's our first topic? Oh, thanks, me. Okay. <laughs> from Mick. Oh, excuse me. From uh, William. Hi, John and crew. Well, it happened. Deadline has reported that at 80.9 80 million and counting, everything everywhere all at once has passed hereditary to become A24's highest grossing film ever. Having seen it twice in theaters, I couldn't be happier. What are your thoughts on this? And do you think this success could embolden A24 to push for an Oscar campaign? Also, Chris, did you know that Sarah Finn, oh, whoops, uh, oh. Sarah Finn was the casting director for this? I did know this. Sarah Finn is amazing. Thanks for writing this in, William. Sarah Finn, of course, is the wonderful casting mind before, behind so many Marvel properties. And as we've seen with so many things most recently, Ms. Marvel, she nails it. Sarah Finn, you are doing the Lord's work. I love it. I'm so happy about this. Everything, everywhere at once. I think I don't want to speak for everyone, but I feel like I'm speaking for everyone in this room. That's been the runaway hit for all of us this year. It's such a great film. It's beautiful, interesting IP. It puts the, puts the multiverse of madness to shame. This is a real multiverse. Rob, how do you feel about this? I, I thought it was great. I'm going to give you a theory. Mm. So this was directed by two people that go by the Daniels. Yes. They're going to direct Fantastic Four. <gasps> oh, Seraphine. I would love that. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I, now... By the way, I just want to say, don't know anything. We are speculating. This is complete speculation. I mean, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, that Fantastic Four is is needing a director. Mm -hmm. Kevin Feige is used to pulling directors. I mean, uh, the Daniels made Swiss Army Man with Daniel Radcliffe, and they've made everything everywhere all at once. Kevin Feige is going to take them. And oh. let's, I'll even say this. If it's not Fantastic Four, it is going to be a Marvel movie. Their next yeah. film is going to be a Marvel movie, a oh. film in the MCU. And everyone's going to be like, of course. 
Yeah. Of course. That would be such a natural fit because obviously they are just really, really great at juggling multiple storylines, multiple versions or variants of characters. I mean, and, look, they might not want to direct. They, they, they could be obviously their first two films show a fierce individuality and, 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 and level of I, I mean, who would have thought Swiss Army Man would have worked? I love that. movie. Let's so get much. Harry Potter to play a dead dude the whole time. I mean, that was that was ballsy. It's but brilliant. I but I do think that. And by the way. If Kevin Feige does not pick them to direct Fantastic Four or another MCU movie, it's only because they said, nah, no. They had something even better. And after this movie, if they've got something better than an MCU movie on their on their plate, well, then I'll watch that too. But I would not be surprised if an announcement is soon forthcoming. Absolutely. Going back to William's question here too, do you think this is going to have A24 really push for an Oscar campaign for this film? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, this film is, look... If nothing else, best screenplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a genius screenplay. Michelle Yeoh was great in it. She deserves all the accolades. I, I mean, I can, uh, th- this film is such a special movie. I mean, people would say Oscar pundits would say, well, you know, it came out earlier, early in the year. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to mount an Oscar campaign for it. But I think by then, because it's going to streaming, I'll be able to get my 4K disc yeah. of it, which is exciting. I think that this film is the kind of creativity that we've been missing. I mean, as far as indie genre cinema goes, this is this to me was was I mean, it has nothing to do with this movie. But when I saw Terminator for the first time and I saw the verve and the wit and the action and the, the directing chops that James Cameron brought to this low budget movie with it was kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 I'll be back. You know, you, it was, I, I loved Conan, but when you went, went and saw this in 84, you walked out of the theater going, man, this is the shit. Mm-hmm. This movie is the shit. What's, what's James Cameron going to do next? He did aliens. This is, this is the kind of breakthrough movie that you don't, it's, it's once in a generation, this film. Absolutely. And I don't think that's hyperbole. No, I agree with you full heartedly, but really guys, it's up to you. Do you think they're going to push for an Oscar campaign? Are you surprised that this movie is bringing in these kinds of numbers and it's the highest grossing film for A24 thus far? Let us know in the comments below your thoughts. All right, y'all. Well, with all of that done, we are going to keep rocking and rolling. But first, we are going to hear from one of the sponsors of the show, one of the first sponsors of this show, actually. Good folks over at Upside. Hey, guys, we want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Upside. You guys remember a while ago, I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible, easy-to-use app for buying groceries, dining out, or even buying gas. And with every purchase you make at those shops, restaurants, or gas stations, you are earning cash back thanks to Upside. When I started using Upside, I was incredibly impressed with just how easy the app is to use and how easy it is to start accumulating cash that I can deposit directly into my bank account, PayPal, Amazon gift card, many different ways. And like I said, I was incredibly incredibly impressed at just how easy and simple and straightforward the process is to start getting cash back now. To get started, just download the free Upside app in the Apple App Store or Google Play. Use my promo code CAMPIA, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Once you've got the app, just claim an offer for whatever it is you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a debit card or a credit card, and get paid. Download the free Upside app and use promo code Campia Show to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code Campia Show. 
And thank you again to everybody over at Upside. Remember, guys, when you use our codes here, those Campia codes, you're not only getting a great deal for yourself, but you're supporting the channel. And we really, really appreciate that. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's beautiful. All right. <laughs> let's move on to our next topic. And this one is coming from Mick. Hi, John and crew. In the Summer Games Showcase on Thursday, Nick Druckmann, the writer and director of The Last of Us Game and co-writer of the show, shared details about the HBO show, revealing a new image that will wrap shooting this Friday, that the show is releasing soon, sooner than people realize, and that the, uh, the original actors that portrayed Ellie and Joel in the game will star in the show as major roles, not cameos. I think all this is great, and I am more cool. excited to see the show. What do y'all think? All right. Well, there was a little bit of Ghostbusters still left on there, so we'll just ignore that. <laughs> um, what do I think? Oh, my gosh. I'm so very excited about this. I think this is wonderful. Um, I've been really hyped about this. I really, really have. The Last of Us is such a great game. It's so beautifully done. It's yep. such a cinematic game. It's it's a heartstrings thing. I give the sides for this to people in my class, too, because it shows how really elevated voice acting particularly motion caption acting has become in the last few years do you have them do it in, in various cartoon character voices this one i have them be really really realistic because a lot of voiceover casting directors like andrea toyas or other people they have this whole mentality of if it's not hbo worthy it shouldn't be in my my booth which wow. i think is amazing take note voice actors but look at this image you guys look at how great Pedro and Bill Ramsey look in this role. Oh my gosh. I love this little like shitty face she is shooting him too. That is pure Ellie energy and I'm here for it. I love Pedro Pascal taking on the role as Joel too. That's been casting that I've been very excited about. And I'm really happy too that they'll be bringing in the original actors for roles. I think that's wonderful and such a service to them. It's a nice touch. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it shows that, <laughs> can you imagine you're, you're a voice actor in a video game that becomes one of the most beloved story-based video games of all time mm -hmm. and then they decide to make a tv series and you're like uh. oh not me yeah not me. And, I, I mean to be fair ashley is much older than ellie right, right. <clears throat> but still when a character is based off of you down to your movements down to the blinking yeah. you did that that's got to be frustrating it, yes so i'm so happy they're being included here because all those actors just knocked it out of the park if you have time do yourself a favor you can watch the mocap sessions of this game and watch them on these sound stages interacting with all these fake props trying to make everything work and it's really really incredible to watch but how are you feeling about the show as a whole rob well you, you know it's funny i always i always talk about how when i first played uncharted the first uncharted mm -hmm. it was the first time i ever sat down and played call it a story-based video game that I played from beginning to end. Oh. And it was the very first time I thought to myself that there is a true confluence of movies and games into one thing. I was so, I was so wrapped up in the story and the design work of Uncharted. The next time I felt this way was The Last of Us. That was another game. I did not play it all the way through. I don't think you can play it all the way through in 13 hours or whatever. It takes a while. It took days, weeks. Well, I don't know about you two. I'm, I'm a bench bigger wuss than you. I, I can't play this at night. Oh, that's I freak what, oh, out come so on. much more. And I know that's when you should play it, but the clickers just, ugh. Oh, and what's, what's great is to play video games with a thunderous surround sound system. Oh, yeah. Because if games have great sound design. But, but this, 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 I was so caught up in the story and the characters. And it's almost like, look, I don't want to sit down. If I'm playing a game, I'm playing a game. I don't want to watch cutscene movies. I've never watched an entire cutscene movie. I, I have an aversion to it. There's somebody on my own channel who always wants me to watch this one particular game all the way through. <laughs> have you watched the cutscenes of this thing? I'm like, no, no. 
and it's because I don't want to. But this game, I, I would imagine the cutscenes would make a great oh, entertainment experience. They're gorgeous. They're so good, and I, you're directly involved in all the choices. So you, as the player, have such more of an emotional connection yeah. to it, which is incredible. Ray. What are you I, feeling about Last of Us? I'm just saying, great timing on this. It's just maybe by coincidence, but Pedro Pascal, he's on fire right now, right? Absolutely. So it's like, whatever you feel about his casting, if he's right for the part or not, it's it's going to bring people to this show who, who aren't even familiar with Last of Us just because he's in it. So, and HBO, do you bet against HBO? No, no you don't. No, you, never. They, right? they've, they've had some some crappy stuff maybe, but that's very rare. I believe this one is going to be good, like on par with what they release. So I'm looking forward to it because I haven't played the game and I'm still looking forward to it. So, oh man. It's so this will be like, one. this will be like the inverse Halo for you because you, yeah, 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 yeah. you got the inverse Halo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, I do want to ask everyone too because obviously we're split in this room. Ray, I know you really enjoyed this movie. You loved Uncharted. And for, PlayStation, that did really well at the box office and everything. Critically, though, a lot of people weren't fans of what PlayStation Studios was doing. Do you think this is the movie that's going to make sure that, or show rather, that's going to make PlayStation Studios a winner? Or how are you feeling? HBO. It's the HBO I, I factor? I will never bet against HBO. They, they're just a good, good production, uh, a place that has good shows mm -hmm. documentaries, especially. They know how to do those. Oh, yeah, they do. Hey, man, I'm still waiting for the new Dream On revival. So, yeah, I Come wouldn't on. bet against uh, HBO at all. Like, if this was on anything else, let's say, oh, yeah, Last of Us. And I'm sorry to throw you under the bus because you're, like, the best boxing channel. Uh, Last of Us on Showtime. I'll be like, mm. Ooh, <laughs> wow. fired. Okay, I give the respect for the boxing, but, you know, it's it's just HBO, I think, is on another level than all the other channels. I mean, I, I mean... That's that's my personal feeling. No, I, uh, but I, I agree with you. I think that's absolutely true. I mean, they also pioneered, you know, the made-for-cable movie. They brought back John Frankenheimer, one of my favorite directors of all time, to come back when he didn't have much of a career and he was making making movies for them. So HBO has a long history of doing great, great programming. Aside from, uh, what's the Sex and the City sequel? Oh, oh, and just like that. And just like that. That might be one of the worst TV shows I've but ever see, seen. But see, we all we all remember it because it's so rare that they release something that's uh, you know <laughs> what I mean. Look, we all remember the titles only because it's so rare. The there are there's a there's a podcast the the Real Housewives podcast that would review mm -hmm. and just like that they hated. And just like that, more than I hate Star Trek Discovery. Oh, and dang. I would tune in. I don't even know these women. I would tune in and listen to their hatred because it, it filled me with joy. <laughs> and I don't usually do that. But so HBO stumbled there. So they're not yeah. infallible. But this could be a great show. I think this has a lot of potential. But guys, it's up to you. What do you think about this? Does this image make you more excited about the show? Are you pumped that the original cast members from the game are coming into this? Are you happy it's coming out sooner than later? Or does that give you pause that we're rushing something? A lot of things going on here. So hit us up in the comments and let us know your thoughts. All right. With that down, let's move on to topic number three. Topic number three. Yeah, that's where we're at. This is from Bryce. So I saw Jurassic World Dominion tonight, and unfortunately, I thought it was pretty disappointing. My wife thought it was okay, though. I guess more people liked it, though, because it has a 79% audience rating. Do you think that that high of an audience rating, it could be better at the box office than we initially thought? What do you think? 
Oh, thanks for writing that embrace. We appreciate it. Yeah, so Jurassic uh, World Dominion is doing better than what critics made it out to seem. And I think we kind of saw this coming, though, of having a pretty decent box office weekend, an opening weekend. And as long as you get people trying to not be eaten by dinosaurs, can it be that bad of a time? Well, apparently, according to credit, critics, it can't be. Uh, Rob, I know I felt so bad for you when the critic reports were coming in about this because you were so emotional for the trailer. You love this franchise. Does the 79% audience score make you feel better about it? I, I have to say that um, I have had a lot of people write to me, send me DMs on Twitter or Instagram or even on Facebook, and I have never heard more uh, bad word of mouth for a major tentpole property than I have for this film, which makes me sad. Because, yeah. you know, I, I love dinosaurs. Like I said, that one shot in the trailer, I wept. You know, the Great Plains, the horses and the dinosaurs roaming around. What, what, I, what I don't understand, Chris, what I don't get mm -hmm. is the convoluted nature of the plot of this movie. Yeah. Like, like, and you know, somebody, I'll tell you who nailed it. And I haven't seen the movie, but it was Jeremy Johns. We love Jeremy. We, let, we love Jeremy. Hung out with him in Vegas. You mean Jeremy uh, Wick? <laughs> Jeremy Wick. Jeremy John said something that I thought was really insightful and, and very interesting. Is that in this movie, the existence of dinosaurs, being that they're all around the world, has been normalized. It's just like, there's just dinosaurs. Mm. You know, and, and I'm like, that is a fundamental flaw to me. Because, you know, even though you had... Six, there's, this is the sixth Jurassic Park film. If you normalize dinosaurs in the real world, that is a fundamental problem with this franchise because you must, my inner child needs the awe and wonder that a Tyrannosaurus, if I saw a Tyrannosaurus in real life, I, I mean, that I, if he ate me, it'd be okay because that would have been the fulfillment of a childhood dream. <laughs> So if I was devoured by uh, raptors would not be the same thing. I wouldn't have yeah. known that. I wouldn't see them coming. It wouldn't be satisfying. But if I tripped as I was running away from a T-Rex and I turned over and I saw the T-Rex above me and its giant maw came down and took my head yeah. in its you know, teeth and just bit down and my head could live for like a couple more seconds because I had you know, you air in my brain. Just die and so I felt happy. my if I could see my eyeballs, you know, roll down the gullet of a T-Rex, you know, because there'd be light coming in, his mouth would be open. I'd be like, this okay. It's okay. It's okay. I had, a good, I had a good life and I'm being eaten by a T-Rex. I would feel a sense of wonder. It would never be, it would never be like, dinosaurs. <laughs> They're just here. You know, and that's what Jeremy Johns brought up. And I thought, you know, that's a really interesting point. You can never normalize dinosaurs. You can't do it. Because the whole point is that they shouldn't be normalized. I mean, look. It's got to be this. <laughs> you know, it's got to be that the whole time. That was a really great reenactment. That's, that that's great. what great Jurassic Park is. If you take that out of it, you failed. That but can I great. say, just to interject with that, and mm -hmm. that's true, but that didn't happen in this movie. That happened in the first Jurassic World. Because you had the younger brother totally into dinosaurs, and his older brother like, just want to text my girlfriend. I'm a, I'm at this millionaires club <laughs> in, in Jurassic World, and I have to babysit my brother, and I just want to text my girlfriend. Stupid <laughs> <laughs> dinosaur. That, that already happened so in the specific. first of Jurassic World. Yeah, it's true. You know, maybe maybe I I'm an old curmudgeon, and maybe the thing is I still have a sense of wonder, but. 
you know, the whole point was that I was hoping, you know what I, I'm uh, expectation. What does John say? Speculation, speculation versus, versus expectation. I wanted to see how the world would change, mm-hmm. you know, I, and, and now it's, it's, it's competing genetics companies. Like, look, man, if there are dinosaurs everywhere, your genetic company failed. Yeah. Like, what are you still arguing about? I don't know. I'm still going to go. I completely understand that. We do have this, too, from our friends over at Box Office Mojo. Let's check this out. Dominion. Oh, another element. There he is. Dominion has hit a new series low at 38% critic rating. But that shouldn't change whether or not the film can fill the dino tracks left by its predecessors. While Jurassic World's $209 million opening, which broke the opening weekend record and is now the sixth biggest of all time, is out of range, Dominion has a shot at matching Fallen Kingdom's $148 million opening. That said, it is looking to open closer to this year's top non-MCU openers, like the Batman with $134 million and Top Gun Maverick with $127 million. And it will have some tough competition flying against Maverick to become the season's biggest grocer domestically. Thanks so much, Box Office Mojo. I don't have high hopes of this really having legs. Do you, Rob? I mean, I say this without seeing the film. Um, look... Don't underestimate the power of dinosaurs to enchant children. That's fair. This is going to sell a lot of toys. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if I was a kid, I'd want to go see this multiple times. I'd be begging my parents. I think I think that there's the family audience is going to go. Mm-hmm. But there are people, I can only judge by the people I know that contact me on social media. There are people, even people I know that have, I would say, questionable taste. Sometimes they like things that I, I'm like, for why? But but And even they have contacted me and they're like, bruh. This movie's not good. Oh, and, no. I, and I'm like, not even, not even the dino action. Like last night, somebody, a, a good friend of mine that I trust, I trust his taste. He was like angry about it. He, he sent me an angry text. As a matter of fact, I, I probably could find it. But uh, it was, <laughs> it was, I was surprised. I was like, really? Angry text? About Jurassic um, World Dominion? Yeah, and I was like, dude, how, how come you're angry? I got to, uh, you know what? It's too, I don't want to hold up the show. Ray, why were you texting him? How come you're angry? <laughs> like 10 days later. Why so mad? What is this about? Ray, are you going to see this movie? Do you have any excitement okay. about this? Here's the thing. Like when I uh, read the reviews of people who do like it, I, I'm pretty, I'm confident I'm going to like it because of the reasoning. Okay. The, the, Rotten Tomatoes low score. The only thing it does affect is my hype to go see it right away. But I will see it. And I think I will like it. It's just now, it's just when it's like mostly universally, everyone likes it. That's when I'm like, oh, let's go. Let's go opening night. Let's go. Let's go see this thing. But that's that's all it is. I'll see it maybe on Sunday, maybe next weekend. In a 40 years you know. theater. But, I, but from what I read from the people who did like it, I'm, I think I'm going to like it. Yeah. Now, Jonathan is a huge fan of the Jurassic World section of this franchise. Are you going to go see this? Uh, no. <laughs> Just full stop. No. no wow. I saw. I saw. I saw the original of the World series, and it was okay. It was flawed, but I didn't expect. Like it was. It was fine. I never saw Fallen Kingdom because I was like, oh, they're going to kill all the dinosaurs from a volcano. That whatever. I ended up streaming it, and I got to the point where the Brachiosaurus is dying on the docks. And I was like, I'm out. Yeah. And I left. And I probably won't see... Dude, I haven't even seen Maverick yet. Do you think I'm going to see this? I'm going to go see Maverick. That, I mean, that's probably what you should do instead anyway. Well, guys, let us know what you think about this. (laughs) All right? Does the audience score make you more confident that this is going to be a fun dino ride? Or are you leaning more towards the critics and thinking this is going to be a dud and possibly the worst of the entire franchise? Hit us up with your hot takes in the comments down below. 
All right, with that down, let's move on to topic number four. This comes from Ryan. Hi, John. I just read an announcement that a Thunderbolts movie with Jack Schreiber attached to direct is in the works. They will essentially be the MCU Suicide Squad. As I really like the members of the Thunderbolts we've met, I'm excited. It's a shame Thaddeus Ross's uh, William Hurt is no longer with us. What are your thoughts? Are you excited? Thanks and bring on the filthy. All right. Thanks so much, Ryan. A Thunderbolts movie. Yes, which basically is Marvel's Suicide Squad. That's a pretty apt way of putting it. A little less... You know, intense in their recruitment process, a little yeah. less severe. Although they, I, you know, were, they they were still villains. Yeah. You know, I, I look. I I love this idea. I mean, I don't know if did you read did you read the siege storyline when Norman Osborn becomes basically Iron Man? No. And all of the villains became the Dark Avengers. Yeah. It was awesome. It was dark Rain. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, okay. I. Uh, yeah, they, and they, but they led the siege against Asgard in that right. storyline when Asgard was in like Oklahoma. That was like the completion of it. Yeah, yeah the, yes, and the, the whole the whole Dark Reign storyline. I loved all that, and and like I hope if they're going to do the Thunderbolts correctly, that that it would. I mean, we don't have really Norman Osborn mm-hmm. in the Marvel universe yet. Yeah. I mean, just a hop, skip, and a jump away. I, you know, introduce him. I don't know how. All I know is they said that that the take. The writer's take on this was was great. I'm excited about this because mm-hmm. I and everyone's throwing out Suicide Squad. I mean, the one thing about I think Suicide Squad's different in that it's like to me, Suicide Squad's the Dirty Dozen. If you've seen the old uh, '60s World War II movie, the Dirty Dozen, where where bad people are recruited by the government to do a job, the Thunderbolts are like knowingly bad. Like there, there's it's not. There's there's a different thing going on with the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're equivalent. They're kind of they're in the same yeah. realm, but they're not completely interchangeable. No, yeah. they're not. And it's like this is not Marvel's Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. This is a different thing. And I, I would, I if they have designs like I would love them to do a Dark Avengers storyline. Oh yeah, where the Avengers are completely replaced. Because I did you like that stuff, Jonathan? I, I love Dark Rain. I loved it. And if yeah. they're gonna like figure a out a run. way to go in that direction, I'm in. I'm awesome. in. 100. Who's kind of your ideal Thunderbolts lineup? Because we've had tons of different well, books in there before. Uh, okay, Baron Zemo's got to lead. If I went right now, Baron Zemo leads them. Perfect. Because you know what? He'll do his dance moves. He'll dance. And if, if Zemo can dance, that was eerily accurate. You like that? You like that? That's what Rob does on the weekends. He goes I to forgot about that. <laughs> A little EDM. Very nice. Very nice. The past but, life of Rob. But so, so um, you know, I, I would go for. I, I think Zemo should lead. Okay. But they did they did mention like or or Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yes. De- depending on where where she's at, I mean maybe she could be the commander, but that would be too much like Amanda Waller. That would be very yeah Suicide Squad esque. Which is I think why people are leaning so heavily too being into this. This is a change for change Suicide Squad. Hey man, they could even do something like get get the Red Skull off Vormir. Oh. <laughs> I mean I don't know if they'll do that. I mean obviously that's way out of that's. Unless, you know, for whatever reason, he comes back. I mean, it's who knows? I don't know. I mean, There's that's a lot of people like Rob, you're out of your mind. There's no reason why the Red Skull can't come back. He can do whatever he wants. Bring him back. He doesn't even have a face. No, I, right. Yeah, I mean, come on. So, I, you know, I don't know. They were talking about everybody from from Yelena uh, Belova for the, the new mm-hmm. Black Widow. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, it would just be the villains that we've seen. Yeah. The problem is the villains are in the Marvel Universe that we've seen are, are not as charismatic as they are in the 
comics. Although I love Baron Zemo. Yes. I thought he was one of my favorite things in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, so hands down. Bring him back. And obviously, Ray, you put him in the thumbnail. <laughs> so maybe you've influenced my my yeah. um, opinion. But what? Marvel for sure, uh, up until this phase really, has had a very big villain problem. Yeah. Of it's it's felt a little twirly mustache at times. And then we finally got, you know, uh the father in Shang-Chi, you know, we finally got that. <laughs> Wonderful, wonderful character there. We finally got some interesting villains thrown into the mix and, you know, with Wanda and everything. Right. Well, so, it's, yes, right? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I didn't oh, mean no. to bro. No, we fine. got that lady from Seinfeld, too, right? Yeah. So she might be the Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, that's well, what, I mean, that's what I was saying, but that would be that would be too much like Amanda Waller in Suicide Squad. Right, if they're trying right. to, like, get away from those comparisons. I, I'm, I'm reading some funny suggestions from the oh, yeah? chat. Morbius and maybe... <laughs> But but a serious one could be Nebula. Someone mentioned Nebula. She she might be there. Nebula I don't know. Come hang out. She's I, redeemed her. I, I like that idea. But you know fun. what? Should an extraterrestrial? I guess Red Skull's become an extraterrestrial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nebula. The thing is, I I I I like what they are doing with her. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want her to be part of the Thunderbolts. Well, well, yeah, I, but, I do think that know. this is an opportunity to make these past villains more charismatic and That's give true. them some some more ethos give them some better writing give them some better character development and if we have them fighting for a common cause right if we bring in a commonality between all these different characters then maybe we'll be more engaged with them maybe we'll find them to be more interesting which would be really really nice i want to talk about this director too uh jake trier who's done uh he was on jim carrey's kidding he's done episodes of dave minx all kinds of stuff how do you feel about him taking the reins on this one well, again, I mean, you know, one of the great strengths of Kevin Feige and his team, Victoria Alonso, Louis Desposito, is their choice of directors. They found people that the other studios would not necessarily associate with uh, large tentpole properties. To me, this is more along the lines of hiring uh, James Gunn to do Guardians. Mm-hmm. And and I think that you know the obvious choice would be well let's get James Gunn to direct the Thunderbolts which would be death because the man who who reinvigorated the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker yeah um, I think this is a great choice and I think I think it's it's Kevin Feige once again uh, showing why why Marvel is the most successful studio in Hollywood history. Oh, absolutely. We've got this great article, too, from Deadline that's going to go into a little bit of the potential of who could be here. So Deadline writes, another element that remains vague is which characters will be part of this team since the film is technically still in development. Though sources say Marvel has been in touch with certain individuals who already are part of the MCU to make sure to keep an opening in their schedules for next summer when it shoots. That said, some of the characters who could be appearing in the film include Baron Zemo, Yelena Belova, Ghost, Taskmaster, The Abomination, U.S. Agent, and The Winter Soldier. General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross is also a possibility since he is the person in the comics who assembles the team, hence the name, but that is unconfirmed and no deal for any actor has closed. I don't know if they will recast William Hurt, and I don't think we've introduced a character who could do a, this is in honor of Thaddeus, I was so close right. to him. Um, I mean, I don't think Betty's going to come back, or Betsy, excuse me, is going to come back and be like, you know what dad would have wanted? Me to do this. Yeah, no. Wonderful scientist, me to do this. Uh, but how do you feel about some of these folks? Ghost, Taskmaster? I well, love the, uh, Abomination in this. Yeah, I mean, those are that's the list of, you know, that's yeah. their list of, which wouldn't be bad. There. Yeah. It, uh, that wouldn't be bad. But I, I think, look, they can't recast William Hurt the same mm-hmm. way they can't recast Chad Bozeman. Mm-hmm. They can't. 
And I think that the fact that that someone like Thunderbolt Ross was taken out, felled by cancer or something like that within the MCU could be very poignant. Yeah. But it would be his design. You know, whoever whoever steps up. And by the way, here's an opportunity to create a new MCU character that maybe doesn't have a comic analog. You know, have a higher... Hire some actor like a Sam Jackson to play Nick Fury, but hire an actor and say, okay, look, you're going to be our new military liaison character. You're following the footsteps of William Hurt, mm-hmm. and we're going to sign you for five movies. Somebody, somebody off the wall, somebody, you know, like, like somebody that would, that's exciting, that's, that's cool, that yeah. you could believe would lead. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would you want? Oh, man, who would I want? Oh, my God. Um, it's tough because it could be a male or a female character. Mm-hmm. I guess you can't make it female because then people would say Amanda Waller. It would yeah. it'd be too, too much like that. I mean, I don't know. You, well, it's, I was thinking like somebody like Guy Pierce, but he's already been in Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. Sam Rockwell Think coming back. Oh, that's but, oh. who it is. You know what? It's Hammer. His Hammer. Justin Hammer right. comes back, Hammer. and it's his idea to do the Thunderbolts. And here's oh. the thing, because you know, in the comics, uh, uh, what do you got? Uh, Norman Osborn. He's already linked into politics. Yeah, he's a businessman, mm-hmm. and he's convinced everybody that he's not, you know, deranged anymore. Yeah, not that Hammer was deranged, but it's mm-hmm. perfect because he is linked in politics. LinkedIn government, LinkedIn bureaucracies, business, all of that. And someone mentioned it in the chat. You know, there's a possibility of Punisher being on that team too, right? Oh. Um, I forgot who said that in the chat. That's a great idea. But you know what? Now that I just. Because that's who I want. What's that? So will we bring back Bernthal to be Punisher? That's what I mean. No, because, I mean, you've already brought back Charlie Cox. Exactly. Why not bring. I mean, that's a great idea. You know, it's funny. I don't know, the, the Justin Hammer thing's just off the top of my head, but I like that idea. I love that. Because he's already there. And I love Sam Rockwell. Oh, he's wonderful. So oh good. Imagine all these these characters Imagine on the raft. Imagine all the characters. And then Sam Rockwell's in there, too. And he's just talking to them. Just moonwalking through that. And Sam Rockwell, to do that too. little dance he does with his, his feet oh. you know, that he does in every movie. Yes. Yeah. That man, when he first danced in... Charlie's Angels, when you realize that he's a bad guy, I was like, why am I more into him now? We're going to unpack this for the next 20 years of your life, Chris. It's true. Oh, yeah. Well, guys, the question is for you. What do you think of a Thunderbolts movie? Does this director get you more excited? Who do you think is going to be assembled for this less prestigious kind of Avengers group? Mm. How are you feeling about it? Let us know in the comments down below. All right, y'all, before we get into our super chats with all of you, we are going to take another quick break. These are from the folks over at Storyblocks. Check them out. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of today's video, Storyblocks. Guys, I have been an enthusiastic fan and user of Storyblocks for years. I go to them whenever I'm in need of content creation assets like royalty-free music, video clips, or templates for my creative projects, ranging anywhere from little editorial videos to my very own full feature documentary. Storyblocks helps you bring your stories, videos, and projects to life without sacrifices due to time, budget, or access to resources. They have over 1 million different story assets, ranging from stock videos, audio and music, an in-browser video editor, and they feature pre-designed 
design templates, animations, and outros. Storyblocks uses an affordable subscription model and their unlimited access plans offers, well, unlimited video and audio downloads rather than a costly pay-per-clip model. With Storyblocks, you'll be able to create more content and more importantly, better content, all while using a subscription plan that fits your budget, utilizing unlimited downloads of demand-driven and diverse content. So if you're interested in upping your content creation game, head over to www.storyblocks.com slash campia and get started today. That's www.storyblocks.com slash campia. And thank you again to everyone over at Storyblocks. This is one that I actually use. I download their music so I can have uh, royalty-free music for when I'm cutting demos for people. Uh, they are a great company. They're wonderful. That will save your ass. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so fun listening to commercials now and being like, that's on Storyblocks. I've downloaded that same thing. I know what that is. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for popping in your questions. Also, just thank you for hanging out with us today. I know it's no John, and I'm, you know, I'm trying my best to fill in for him. So I just really appreciate you guys being here with us. You're doing a do fine job. I thank feel you, like Rob. I'm in good hands. You're taking care of me. Oh, thanks. I feel I feel very supported. I appreciate it. Let's jump into your questions, though, you guys. Rob, you want to read these so, off for us? So I, Yes, I will. So we start with Andy. Sends in a super chat. Powerful philosophical question Ooh. if a flash movie was made but no one is there to watch it then does it really exist chris it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it's not a real movie i don't understand why i have to keep telling all of you this who believes it's real <laughs> and you know what there are people actively working against the reality of the movie mainly the star of it mainly which i don't know what that means but uh, <laughs> i was gonna say ezra seems to really not want this movie to exist oh uh, wow really trying hard to get it pulled <laughs> oh, all right what's next uh jasmine jones sends in a super chat and says part one the theme song to kim possible is actually call wait call, call me, me beep, beep me if you want to reach me, me. not and it came out in the 2000s. Still crazy how it came out 20 years ago. Does she have a part two there? Let's oh, part see. one, the theme song. I don't know if she does. Well, we'll find out. Jasmine. Jasmine, did you read oh, Yes. Part two. Debbie Reynolds played Kim's grandmother. And Patton Oswalt was Professor Dementor, a fun villain. And there were other famous guest stars. Uh, and that was, and Kim Possible was a great show. It was a great show. It was Christy Carlson Romano as uh, Kim Possible, who, of course, was Ren on Even Stevens. And then uh, we had, oh, gosh, I can't think of his name right now. I'm totally uh, blanking on it. Will, what's his last name? The brother from Boy Meets World played Ron Stoppable. Chat, help me. Why am I blanking? Fridell? Is that what I'm thinking of? I don't know. We'll find out. I, I loved this show so much. I sang the theme song the other day, and Aaron and John looked at me like I had three faces. Well, that's, mm. Yeah. You know, everything's, it, it's, it's when you saw things that exactly, matters. Exactly, right? It's true. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for giving us those uh, little bits of trivia there about Debbie Reynolds. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah. Of course, Debbie Reynolds, star of Singing in the Rain. Oh, beautiful movie. Mm. Wasn't that her first film, too? One of them, yeah. Yeah. It might have been her, her lead. She was so good. I loved her in the Halloween Town movies, another oh, Disney movie. Those were good. Oh, those, those were great. Were, I like Jasmine. those movies, actually. All right. Uh, Dante Sorecchia? Sorecchia. 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 Dante Sorecchia says, after this recent episode of The Boys, how much more proof do we need that Jensen Eccles should be Wolverine? I have to tell you, Dante, that ain't bad. Ooh. You know, uh, he's, in the small glimpses we've seen of him, Mm -hmm. and we see him rapping Blondie's Rapture in this episode, he's great. 
I could see him being Wolverine. But, but is you know, I kind of like the Taron Edgerton thing, a shorter actor playing Wolverine yeah. might give us something different or new. But I, I don't know if people will get past that. They Maybe. want that. I mean, I still I still want Daniel Radcliffe. And I know people are going to have a hard time with that. But he's already he's played a corpse that farts you across the ocean. I think he could be Wolverine. I don't disagree. Yeah. Wolverine is like five feet tall. Exactly. That's why Cyclops or uh, uh, Colossus could throw him. Fastball special. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Raymond Verada sends in a super chat and says, and says, it's the 20th anniversary of Brotherhood of the Wolf. By the way, I have, would you be surprised to know I have a great French three disc DVD import of Brotherhood of the Wolf? I'm it's not, not Blu ray, but I do have the Blu ray, but it's not as good anyway. Somebody needs to go back to that negative. Uh, leave your brain at the door for French Revolution martial arts versus the supernatural. Raymond, I never leave my brain at the door, and you are right because that. <laughs> Movie rules. Rules. I have never seen that. Well, you know what? This is why your life is not as complete as mine is. Oh, dang. All right. You need to I see. Need you to know what? You, you, I have to say, it's a great date movie. Oh, okay. You should watch it. All right. Logan Come on. You and Logan out. would love it. I, I actually saw this movie. I saw it once, and it, it was obviously 20 years ago, and it was one of those uh, audience screenings, you know, where they, the guys with the leaflets come out and say, hey, do you want to see a free movie on Thursday? I was like, oh, sure. And it was for that movie. Did you like it? I loved it. It was yeah. great. Brotherhood of the Wolf is great. It's one of those movies not a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. It's It delivers. It's a genre pastiche. Ooh. Really good. Ooh. Really good. Nice. Uh, Blue Jay says, gonna go see Jurassic tonight. Woohoo! Woohoo! Oh, but is it a woohoo? They have a little mm face. So is it a woohoo? Hey, you know what? You got to go into everything <laughs> thinking woohoo. Not everything, Rob. I don't know. Every girl I've ever kissed, I wanted it to be a woohoo moment. But did you want her to fake that? <laughs> no girl ever faked it. Oh, honey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question. <laughs> I bet they did it wrong. Sam Happy Fisher. Nova. Sam Fisher says, no. <laughs> Sam Fisher says, Daniels was my outside pick for Fantastic Four 2. Well, Sam, great minds. Think alike. No, I I think that uh, you're thinking along the right lines. I mean, if you look into what, how Kevin Feige has picked his directors, you know, uh, James Gunn himself, he had done Slither mm. and Super, which both were around the $3 million level. I mean, obviously, everything everywhere was more than that. But, yeah. but these are directors. What Feige understands is it doesn't matter how much money you have. It matters, are you a good storyteller? And, of course, he also knows that we're giving you an opportunity to make a $150 million-plus movie. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to work within our parameters, which I think is a great thing. I, uh, and so, yes, I, again, you and I, Sam, we're thinking alike. Two peas in a pod, Sam. Oh, my goodness. Peas in a pod. Um, Sam Fisher goes on to say, I think we all knew Thunderbolts was coming, but it's nice to have the confirmation. I love your Justin Hammer idea. 14 years is a long prison sentence. I, I only say that because he's established in the MCU and everyone loves him. He's great. He's a, an Academy Award winning actor. Yeah. He's brilliant. And that character is super fun and skeezy. <laughs> I love him. Not enough people use the word skeezy. I want skeezy to bring it back. A, that's it's like sneaky, right? Like, like you wouldn't trust. Like, like, he'll tell you something and he'll look confident, but then the, a part of you will be like, yeah. You ever been around feeling. somebody who talks and you're like, I kind of want to shower. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
Are you trying to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) No, man, I love you. Yeah, but the thing is, if it's girls that talk, they make me need to have a shower. It's a very different experience. But yeah, I think I've done well that that night. Yeah, then you're doing great. Yeah, it's good. good. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, Love Daggerborn sends in a super chat and says, I read online that the creator of Stargate SG-1 is writing scripts for a new series. Are you excited? Can are I, you are you a Stargate fan? I was gonna say I I feel like I'm gonna get my nerd card taken away. I've never seen Stargate. Okay, I can commiserate. Okay, because I I had not either. Mm-hmm. I'd seen like a random half episode, and on my own YouTube show, people are like, "Rob, how can you not watch Stargate?" I'm like, I just it just I love the movie. Mm-hmm. I really did, but I never watched the show. I have to say, I sat down. It was one of those things. I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta watch some Stargate. It's really good. Okay. Like I was I from from the first like three or four episodes, I was hooked. Now, it's daunting and I have to I have not watched Stargate Atlantis or Stargate Universe and there's like twenty eight thousand episodes of the original Stargate SG one. Yeah. It's like but it's good. Okay. It's good. So check it out. so anyone who wrote for that show, I'd be excited. Yeah. We don't know anything about this new show though? I don't think so. Uh, apparently not. Let Chad, go crazy about it. Talk to us if you know. Uh, Mr. Holbrook sends in a super chat and says, if Warner Brothers was to put the Flash on HBO Max and put it behind a paywall like Disney, would that work? What do you think? Ooh, would people pay for it, though? Yeah, I mean, that's one way to approach it, I think. It it does take away the bet of putting it in a in the theater, which is much more expensive, right? Putting it on streaming does at least cut your cost, but will it make as much money? And already it seems like it's not going to make much money, just given this terrible, terrible lead actor who insists on making it so they can't be present for any of the press tour. Like Ezra no. Miller cannot be on this press junket. And the storyline is still evolving. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going on there, like that girl's Instagram post actually yeah. came before. She made that post before the story broke. Oh. Like two days That's before. That's interesting. The... Mm-hmm. And, and like we said yesterday on the show too, y'all, none of us know anything about what's going on there and neither do you right we don't know how this family is interacting we don't know anything that's going on here and we're not going to cast judgments on how this family is interacting or how these people have interacted with one another but from a movie standpoint when you have somebody who has this much bad press with a arrest record and violent history we've seen much more done for a lot less and so maybe maybe putting it on a streamer is what they're going to ultimately have to do especially if they're never going to address it and uh, yeah, I, I would advertise it like William Castle, who made things like The Tingler back in the day, starring the most notorious bad boy actor of our day, someone who's offended everyone. He beats women up. He oh, chokes them no. out. Watch The Flash. Oh, no. I mean, you know, it's it's a different way to go. It's a different way to go. I mean, I mean, he makes Shia LaBeouf look like a, a an angel. <laughs> Can you imagine? Remember, remember Shia LaBeouf just apparently had like a bad attitude. Remember yeah. when that was enough to get an actor to be like removed from films? Yeah, Maybe. I remember. Yeah, I was at the Troubadour one night. Actually, the night that Shia got in that car accident and broke his hand, <gasps> and everyone was like, "Oh man, he's just a liability." You know, he got in a car accident and broke his hand. This compared to this, I don't know. Right. Maybe you gotta like make Ezra Miller memeable. Like put him against a green screen. Just do it. Oof! I feel like we've gotten to a point though where they've just done so much. Horrible stuff. Can 
can we really laugh at it? Because it's no. too much violence against people. Man. No, it's, that's that's it's, the really oh, disturbing yeah. I mean, part of it. You I know, know I got off the rails here. Should they put it on streaming? But that's. I mean, if he just woke up in someone else's house in their bed, that's one thing. Yeah. As long as they weren't in it. Aviation gin, baby. <laughs> How was no. your Vegas, Ray? Wow. <laughs> We're in Vegas right now. No, it's 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 really. I just hope that he gets the help he needs or really whatever's going on. I and really it, you know, it, 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 the studio, it is. They really need to step in and say something. Oh, so. hold on. Can I point something out? Yeah. I didn't say that aviation gin as a joke to the Ezra thing. That's not funny at all. I said it because you said this is going off the rails. And that's what I meant it towards. <laughs> so I don't want to offend no one just before anyone thinks I'm making light of the situation because it's not funny. But yeah, that was towards Chris's comment. Yeah. That was for me. <laughs> that was for you. <laughs> no, but it is very serious and it's not, it's not, it's not joke. We shouldn't be joking about yeah. this kind of thing. Wait, if, you, if it goes on streaming, are y'all going to watch it? Yeah. Yeah. Because, look, here's the thing. A movie is a movie. It's the, it's the culmination of thousands of people's work. Mm -hmm. Everybody who worked on that film, everybody responsible for that movie had nothing to do with someone else's behavior in the real world. I think a movie unto itself is, in a way, it's its own thing. And look, you can object to someone's behavior, uh, and that's okay. But what about all those people that worked their asses exactly. off to make this film that had nothing to do with Ezra Miller's personal And every, Ezra's life? already been paid. So it's not like, oh, I'm not going to yeah. support this so that Ezra doesn't get paid. Yeah. Like, he's already been paid. He's, he's cast that check. And also, the release date's moving on this film. You, could, you know there's something important in it right like a important storyline piece or something i'm just getting that from what about michael keaton coming back as batman yeah, so, yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean how could i not watch michael keaton come back and play batman That's in a true. live action film i can't I mean, not, Michael Keaton will be in Batgirl, though, and this movie doesn't exist so how can you stream something that's not there well right? you know ultimately chris i would love <laughs> to see you be proven right yeah like imagine if this movie just doesn't it really just it's so gone nice. yeah just like that it's <laughs> Oh, right. Well, thank you for writing that in. We had a lot to say about that. Appreciate it. <laughs> John would be like, go to the next. Go move go on. To the next. <laughs> Seconds from disaster sends in a super chat and says, says I hope Miss Marvel doesn't have a villain. This finally feels like a real TV show. So I hope it's a self-discovery story and that life itself is the antagonist. Ooh. I love that comment. Seconds, yeah. from disaster. Seconds from disaster. I love that. Well, and, and what is a coming-of-age story except battling against yourself and your own internal prejudices and belief system about how you're not worthy of things? Uh, what a great story. I mean, yeah. one of the great great stories of all time is man against himself. Mm -hmm. You know, this man against nature, or, or should I say people? Yeah. People against nature and people against themselves. And I thought this first episode was delightful. It is. It's so cute and beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, you know, I had a friend of mine who's Pakistani, said that this was the most accurate representation of his own family mm -hmm. that he'd seen, that he was laughing at things people wouldn't even know how accurate it was. And I'm like, that's that's the kind of representation I like, yeah. that authenticity that gives you insight into something that, or a culture or people or individuals you just don't know. And I, I loved hearing him say that because yeah. I wouldn't know how accurate it was being the white Jewish boy from Seattle that I am. So I'm glad that it had that kind of representation to it. And I, I thought it was just delightful. It's charming as heck. I love I it. I thought so too. St 
double McShave. How are you, sir? 2022 is the 100th anniversary of Nosferatu. And Haxon, witchcraft through the ages. Rob, as a horror connoisseur, I suspect you have them both on Blu-ray. Stubble, all the way from Sweden, the biggest Wheel of Time fan that I know. Oh, nice. Uh, yes, I do. Haxon and uh, Nosferatu. I do have both on Blu-ray. By the way, Haxon, Haxon, I think they, did they both come out on Criterion? Haxon did. But yeah, I mean, they're both available. For those of you who don't know, Nosferatu, uh, Max Shrek played Nosferatu, the title character. Uh, if you want to, I know, I know I'm going to tell you to watch a silent black and white movie from 1922, but check it out. You might like it. Nice. All right. Next thing. Al Renshaw says, honestly, at this point, I would do either a day date release on HBO Max or just dump the Flash movie straight to HBO Max if I was Zaslav. Yeah, I feel like uh, that seems like the way it's going to go, right? Until he looks at that bottom line. Uh, I just feel like the the axe has been very swift financially. (laughs) It hasn't been as swift, I don't know, morally, which is a company. Oh, It's It's a company, so I understand. It's not your job to be the moral police, right? But it does make me feel, in a very scientific grown-up term here, icky in my tum-tum when I think about this. You know? So day and date release might be the way, you guys. People in the chat, please keep letting us know, too, if you would go see it, if day and day release is what you think or streaming is what you think. Keep us looped in about how you feel about this. Mm. I, I, look, I'm telling you, if you walked into the Home Depot and you went to the tool section and there's some axes there and then there's this one gold axe and it's made by David... Zazlaff, why don't you get that one, <laughs> dude? You know what? This uh, they should turn the, that the Warner Brothers licensing, WB licensing. They should absolutely license the axe of Zazlaff. Yeah, I would buy one. I would buy one too. I would, I would buy, buy one. And even I would if take it, it to work. LAX. And, and the, the the tagline on it should be "It cuts always." Oh, <gasps> oh, that's good. You like that? Yes. Cuts always. WB, hire us. What a brain trust this is over here. Come on. <laughs> Someone's going to call David Zaslav and show him this clip, and he's going to be like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm starting to get the feeling that all of us in here are forgetting that the axe of Zaslav doesn't exist outside these doors. <laughs> <laughs> like we've no made it up. Yeah. Beyond this bubble knows what the hell that means. <laughs> but, but the point is, it will at least sell one. Someone will buy it. And that's probably me. <laughs> we should you. just make one and sell it to our own viewers. I mean, you know, the Molly Hatchet album cover that has the Frank Frazetta death dealer artwork, the famous he's sitting on the, 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 the he's on the back of a horse and he's looking. It's, it's just look up Molly Hatchet, Frank Frazetta. You'll see that image. That's, that's David Zaslav uh-huh. with that axe. And didn't you go that's axe throwing? I did. I did. What if you had three axes of Zaslav in your I do bag. Great. You know what? I'm going to brag for a second, too, right? I didn't suck, <laughs> which I was really excited about. I was very, very um, good with my aim. I sometimes did crotch shots, though, if I was, like, doing this on a person, right? That's what my friend Travis kept saying. Where he's like, it's fine. You took out your assailant anyway. Do axes make sounds? Like, when you throw them, oh can you hear like them go... There's, like, a little air whoosh, and then the thud when it goes in. But you can't hear it go, like... No. I mean, you'd have to throw that pretty fast. Yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm at that level yet. Maybe... maybe it go tr- through the wood. It's just like... Yeah. It's very satisfying, though. I do want to point out here, too, because Dot in the chat has brought this up before, of giving the Flash the death of the Nile treatment, like they did with Army Hammer. 
I don't understand how that could be possible when it's the the lead of yeah, the film and not just true. the lead, but multiple leads are them. <laughs> what if you said Michael Keaton starring in The, the Flash. Flash? I would do that anyway. Michael I would Keaton watch that. as Batman. Yeah, I would put him in front of the posters, everything. Yeah. And then just have maybe lightning behind him with a, a silhouette of the Flash. <laughs> no, just really. It, I'm, I'm telling you, there's ways point. you can promote this movie. Yeah, that's that's exact. That's what they should do. Yeah. Michael Keaton as Batman in, in Flashpoint. Flashpoint. That could work. But yeah, that's my that's my issue, though, P-Dot. I know. Thank you for bringing it up of just doing that kind of treatment. Because, yeah, we moved Army to the back of the poster, but it wasn't the death of Army Hammer's character. It was death on the Nile. So mm. that's all. All right. What's next? Uh, uh, Thomas Bedell. I think it's Bombadil. We think it's Tom, like a Tom I think Bombadil. it is Tom Bombadil. Thomas Bombadil. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, it's like a, if it was a uh, a license plate. Yeah. That's how you do it. Tom Bombadil. I'm sorry you aren't in the Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry. <laughs> Rob and Ray. What the hell? With John away, I thought the show would be just two hours of you imploring Chris to watch for all mankind. Well, you know what? That's not a bad idea, Chris. I was going to say, I'm here all day today. You Chris, haven't seen it? Can I, I just, haven't watched any of it. Can I just say, For All Mankind is a wonderful show okay. that is inspiring. It's about the America that we should be living in. Mm-hmm. And in my head canon, it's the, ba- it's the world that Star Trek came from. Oh. The people that wrote on Star Trek The Next Generation and wrote I, on it. And and I, go ahead. Go and ahead. Now, go, now, go, go. now, Ray, where does season two mostly take place? On Earth. <laughs> hey, that was a twist. Oh my what? god! <laughs> in Houston. Okay, bro. In You're NASA. Sp- okay. Uh, where did they build a base? Oh yeah, I what? know that part, but most of the. You're just okay. You're not supposed to be literal. You're supposed to say the moon, baby. The moon, yeah. But That's are they what on I was the moon? For. Do they look? No, they're going to Mars in this episode. Oh, the Mars. See, well, and I I should watch it. I (laughs) I grew up in Houston. I worked for NASA's Space Center Houston. I love space. Okay, you love this. By the way, I didn't even finish this question, just so you guys know. I can't believe I set you (laughs) up to talk about the moon, baby. Sorry, man. Man, you let me down. John's going to look at this. He's going to fire us all after the show. No, 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 no. Wait. I will announce that I am not going to use my Campia Plus subscription for this. The show is that good. I am going to start my Apple Plus today. It is that good. Oh, my God. By the way, From the Earth to the Moon, the the last episode of season two of From the Earth to the Moon is one of the greatest hours of TV of the last 20 years. Oh, dang. Okay. I definitely have to check that out then. Uh, Tom Bombadil says, jokes aside, For All Mankind is everything. It is everything. Oh, my gosh. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. I mean, I would say this. I would say For All Mankind and The Boys are the two best genre shows on TV now Mm -hmm. for us old folks. (laughs) No, for anybody. Um, Let me read this member chat. I've only gotten one so far just before I forget it. Oh, sure. CMG2491, he writes, just want to send a shout out to y'all with our emojis on there. Amazing job today running the show. Game day. Game day. day. For us, we're the game. (laughs) It is us. We are afoot. Lowercase g, but it's game day. <laughs> and I have to say, uh, you know, I missed I missed getting my first opportunity for you in the driver's seat. And I'm having a, a fun time. This is nice. Well, and Rob was so sweet, too, guys, because he was texting during the show to be like, I'm so sorry. This really, really sucks. And it was so nice. Just be like, oh, my buddy. Yeah, I mean, I had COVID. Me. I mean, because I'm yeah. a huge Chris Carr fan. I'm like, And sucked. I feel. 
Yeah. Sucked I couldn't be yeah. on the show. And the thing is, I was in the parking lot. I felt like I was some schlep rock to like <laughs> let everybody down. I'm so, that's why I'm so excited for us to do a show just the two of us too, which will be fun for the boys because that's just that's just our kind of show anyway. Yeah, but you know we we should do our what's the show you wanted Rob to do? Rob and Chris have issues. We have issues about comic yeah. books. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, too, like we did today, I think it'd be really fun for us to just talk about a lot of the deep dives that I haven't read because a lot of my comic information is much more mainstream. Classic comics. Yeah. Go back in and, so and look. I'd at enjoy producing that one because I'll just chime in. Yeah. We should do that. Internet, tell everyone you want it. Make it so. John's over there going, you can't just make up shows on the air live. John, you're not here. I can pitch things. What's up? (laughs) Watch the, hey, if you want to see that show, go down in the comments. Go down. Let us know. (laughs) Michael Croson uh, says, had my bachelor weekend, stag weekend in Ireland, last week, went paintballing. And all I can say is that I'm more Dalmatian than human at this point because of all the bruises. Well, first of all, congratulations on your impending nuptials. And also, I think paintball is probably a really good thing to do for there's a movie coming out. I think it's a foreign film. It might be a it might be a a, I want to say it's a Dutch movie where they paintball at a wedding. But then there's like the undead. Oh, no, it's called Blasted. And it's on Netflix, and it's a Dutch science fiction movie where these guys go paintballing for a bachelor party, and there's an alien invasion. I would watch the shit out of that. Uh, I know you might think I'm crazy. I swear to God, I saw this trailer on, I think it's called Blast It. But you know what? I know, I don't know what the Irish and the Dutch are like. Don't think that I'm denigrating. One of my dreams in life is is to walk around Ireland. That's it. awesome. Yes. Yes, Blasted. Is it Dutch? Yeah. Is the- well, I don't know if it's Dutch, but it's Blasted and it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's in for Blasted and they're like paintballing and the aliens really show up. Oh my gosh. I oh, love that. that sounds really cool. That sounds oh, great. It really sounds good. And, and, and so let me just say paintballing in Ireland, you know, one of my dreams, I've wanted to spend like a year of my life walking around Ireland, mm-hmm. meeting redheads and going to every distillery in the country. That's something I would love That's to do. I did that in Scotland. Oh, I love the distilleries in Scotland. I did that with my family. It's so fun. My my bachelorette, we went laser tag. Uh, we played laser tag, which was great. Same kind of thing. So it was a group of women drinking champagne in a parking lot. And then a 12-year-old boy's birthday party. We're the only two teams. Who won? We did. But my friend who was drunk body checked a child. Like, Wow. <laughs> it got out of hand. The parents were fun and drinking with us in a parking lot. It was magical. <laughs> it was real nice. I'm, I'm starting to see messages in the chat that are like over under three three hours and 15 minutes show. <laughs> <laughs> How long has like the show been going on? I don't it's only, know. We're only at an hour we're, and nine. So we're guys, great we're trying on to Come on, here. man. We're, we're managing to, it well. We're trying to nourish your questions. Yeah. Like We can move on, though. If, the, like, yeah. if that's what you want, chat. We're just your cruise directors. You pick the actual <coughs> excursion we're going on. Oh, and I think we missed one down a little yeah, yeah. further, Someone too. we missed one. Um, What's did the we? name? Chris, uh, yeah, there we go. Chris Persinas. Uh, Chris Persinas says, John's out. Let the Batman Beyond Talk happen. Yes. 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 What a great idea. Yes. Okay, first of all, can For we just talk about... minutes. <laughs> now, now it's going to be over three hours. I mean, it, it, now, now it let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Chris... If memory serves, wasn't Batman Beyond a three-year series? Didn't it run for three seasons? I believe so. And didn't Batman the animated series run for f- four? That sounds the cool. original. Like I Ray, so. can you? Oh, yeah, can you I like check that. Us, Ray? So it's not like Batman. Look, Batman Beyond was 
really good. It was a great series. It was a great series. What? So the idea that a Batman... Look, Zaslav killed a Wonder Twins movie. Why there is not a Batman Beyond movie in development or Batman Beyond series for HBO Max... Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Well, when we were getting Keaton back, getting too, this is the, the build that I thought was happening, was we were going to have him as old man Wayne finding his Terry McGinnis, right? Oh. And nurturing that relationship. And spoilers if you didn't see Batman Beyond growing up. It was decades ago. Um, I really, really love the nature-nurture argument that they have with Amanda Waller facilitating everything. How, how great would that show be? Mm -hmm. You've already got Amanda Waller. You've got Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. Why not do, I mean, it's Blade Runner meets Batman. Yeah. Which, as an elevator pitch, how could you say no to that? John Both Campion. Warner Brothers I properties. Know. It's um, jo Jonathan, um, it's 99 to what? Nine, 99 through. Two. Oh, well, the animated series was 92 to 95. Mm -hmm. For Batman Beyond or an Batman? That was just for the, the animated D1. series. I gotta oh, look Batman up Beyond was uh, 99 to... 2001. So what, you okay, said 92 yeah. to 95? That was the animated series, yeah. So that's 92, 93, 94. So, so that's four. four. Yeah. So, so three and four years. It's not like Batman Beyond was a slouchy series. No. It was three years. Mm -hmm. Come on, you guys. But again, Will Friedel doing voiceover work. But oh I, I think there's so much there. There's such cool, like, the, the way that Gotham is always a featured character in great Batman stories, Batman Beyond takes it to a whole other level with that Blade Runner kind of concept, yep. right? How the tech in Gotham changes the entire mood and flux of that city. How doing these technological implants and weird, weird bits of genetic coding change Gotham crime life is fascinating. Ugh. Uh, uh, you've sold me. It'd be so good. And there's a bit of it in the Batman with yeah. the contact lenses. Absolutely. That, that, as soon as that scene happened, I was like, that's the only thing I could think of. This is Batman B Batman Beyond Technology right here. Mm -hmm. Why that's didn't the they just make watch. that movie? It's, it's interesting that we haven't seen, you, you know, look, would it surprise you to know that I have a Hot Toys Batman Beyond yeah. figure? I from would the, get that one. From the Arkham games. Mm -hmm. But I've got, I've, I've got my Arkham uh, uh, Slade Wilson fighting my Batman Beyond figure. I mean, come on. That's just, Why that's not do true. that? It's yeah. in the games. I mean, people at Warner Brothers just don't know. WB, again. David Zaslav, <laughs> you know, if you're watching this show, and you should, Batman Beyond, HBO Max, come on now. Call us. We yeah. got ideas. We what's do. Up? What's up, David? <laughs> All right, what's next? Joel sends in a super chat and says, did you guys see they brought back the boys comics for a sequel miniseries called The Boys Dear Becky? Also, is it safe to buy hot toys on Amazon or should I stick to Sideshow? Ooh, Joel. Ooh. Mm. Well, first of all, I did not see that they have that. Have you seen that they had a new series called Dear Becky? I was not aware of this at all. You know, Becky was the name of a girl. Girl, I would. I have never dated a Becky in oh, my life. No. Oh no! They scare. No, I was just say they scare me. Okay. Becky yeah. scare me. Yeah. They you are see. strict. They're they're very strict on the playground. They tell you you can't play where, where you where you want to play. They're bossy. But they have leadership potential, That's Jonathan. True. They're Thank bossy, you very though. much. But you know, it's funny because I did, did know a, a girl named Becky Rosen, uh -huh. who was the daughter of my mom's best friend, who was delightful. She was like the one Becky I've known since I was a kid. I don't know why Becky scares me, but if there's a Becky, there's a reason why in the boys' comics they use Becky as the name. Well, that's Butcher's wife. 
So yes. what I just saw here is it's the um, the main plot focuses on the premise that, uh, the, the premise that Huey found Billy Butcher's diary, where Butcher talks about his life before and after the death of his wife Becky uh, Butcher, and it's an eight issue series. Didn't know that. I thought it was just some random Becky, not no. Butcher's wife. But that sounds good to me. Bring it on. Yeah. Just remember, if you are watching the show and you've never read the comics, if you think the show is very graphic, the comic is a whole other level. Oh. <laughs> but but I thought sometimes to its detriment. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know? I think a lot of times it was shock and all because they could. And, and I love that. I love the, we can push the envelope, so why don't we just tear it to shreds? But this yeah. elevates the source material in a way that I haven't seen other adaptations do it. I mean, the hero gasm storyline, when you see Homelander and Soldier Boy, it's, you're going to be like, uh, uh, okay. are they going to go there in the show? I don't. I don't that, think I so, don't but think maybe. So. Yeah, I don't know. Probably mm. not, but maybe. And then for getting Hot Toys on Amazon, that seems sketch, Rob. Well, no, here's, here's, here's the thing about Hot Toys. This seems silly to say, mm-hmm. but there are counterfeit Hot Toys. That makes total sense. They're so expensive. So, and, and look... Uh, the American, the North American distributor for Hot Toys and European as well, is in fact Sideshow. Um, there are many retailers. I don't want to come out and and say that you should only buy from Sideshow. Uh, I've been buying from Sideshow for twenty years, but there are people all over the world that sell Hot Toys. There are other great retailers. Um, Toys Wonderland. I've bought a lot of stuff from Toys Wonderland uh, in Hong Kong. I have bought stuff. There's a place called Monkey Depot. <gasps> monkey D. I, I think yeah i know monkey depot i've been buying from them for years yeah, i love that store yeah monkey depot is great and um uh there's one sixth kit or one sixth or six scale outfitters okay there's all kinds of places but, to buy from but his 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 question seemed to be he's he wants to be sure so the for sure thing is sideshow yeah, because the, yes yeah. you'll yeah. never get a counterfeit and they also have these installment plans, and that's the reason why if I were to buy one for my own, I'm not. John is. Eventually, when I win a bet, um, I'm going to get it from Sideshow just because there's installment plans. And- yeah, I mean, and, and Sideshow offers so much more than, than just Hot Toys. They have so much more stuff. They do their own statues. They have lots of other collectibles there. And, and you know, I, 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 uh, Sideshow is a company. There was a guy named Tom who worked at a place called Kit Craft that was in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And it was, a mo- it was a craft store, model store, and he would paint figures. He was amazing. Ooh. And he was one of the founders of Sideshow. So anyway, not yeah. that that's pertinent to <laughs> Sideshow, yes. It's nice when something is pure in the Valley, though. Yes. So Joel, <laughs> thank you for that. Is the Valley pure? Um, no. Isaac sends in a super chat and says, saw Jurassic World Dominion last night. Oh, it made Rise of Skywalker look like Return of the King. Yep. At least I saw the OG in theaters with the double feature. Meaning, that's right. They were going to see both of them. So they saw it. You know, I don't like to live in a world where that happens. Yeah. As much as I, you know, will shit on movies on this show, because it's kind of my job to have a hard opinion sometimes. I, I don't want a movie to be bad. I never want a movie I, to be bad. I wanted to go into Morbius and be like, this is the best movie I ever saw. I'm going to Wait, 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 wait. Come on, I'm going to stop you right there. No, you didn't. I want it to be good. Okay. I want it to All surprise right. me. All I right. didn't want it to be like, this is going to win Academy Awards. But I wanted to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. What's well, so hard to make movies? It's really hard to make movies. Gosh. 
I the the shorts that I shot earlier this year, we're having to do all this work on an ADR and do all this. And it's literally for five minutes worth of footage yeah. to make a whole motion picture with all these different special effects, all these different moving gears. It's a lot. So it's really disheartening to see it, especially when you add on that is a beloved piece of IP that, you know, I think so many of us, it's it's a really special franchise. It's something that I've grown up with. It's one of the things that made me think that science was cool and made me feel less nerdy for liking it right. and wanting to learn about it. And it was something that didn't get me made fun of anymore, right? Where it was like, you're not allowed to like these dinosaurs. You're not allowed to like this. It was, no, it's cool because it's Jurassic Park. I just, I, I mean, <laughs> here, here is a, a crown jewel franchise. How do you not make it great? And, yeah. and, and again, you know what's really interesting? I think simplicity well, I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've read the plot, and there's different mm -hmm. genetic the genetics companies and this. I don't understand why you don't just strip it down, and and the fact is, like, it's an allegory for global warming. Just yeah. call it that. Yeah. Like, like mankind has unleashed instead of pollution and CO two into the atmosphere, we've unleashed dinosaurs, which is a lot of fun. Now, what happens to our environment once we've changed it fundamentally? There's your plot. Exactly. You know, how do you put that genie back in the bottle? Forget all the engine thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the answer is you can't. So at the end of the day, like, like our characters, despite their efforts, the world is irrevocably changed. So what do you do? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, see, and I'm already more interested in that. Than uh, I mean, we're, so we're philosophically going off on a tangent. <laughs> If John's watching this, he's he's probably texting. He's going to the next question. <laughs> From Darth. Darth the Pooh, a twenty dollar super oh, chat. Oh, thank you, Darth. That's so sweet. Um, this is an interesting question. Have you all ever had any realistic dreams about any IP? I recently had a dream I was caught in a battle between Thanos and Cap, and it was actually terrifying. P.S. So happy Rob is bored with Strange New Worlds. Thanks. I think you meant on board. On board yeah. Not bored. Yeah. I'm on board with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. But Let's not get okay. too excited. This is a really interesting question mm -hmm. because philosophically, these IPs live in our imagination. Oh, yeah. Rent free. Uh, uh, rent free and we the, we incorporate them into our lives. Do you have realistic dreams? So I almost never remember my dreams. I almost never remember them at all. Come on. No, truly. I almost never remember them. The one I have most recently, I think it was just like a boring, was this a real conversation thing? Because every now and then I'll wake up and be like, hey, so are you going to do that with the violin or are you going to get rid of it? And they're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Well, if you're going to rosin up your bow. Oh, my God, Rob. <laughs> Walk into that with a violin. I, I didn't, I didn't bring it up. What? I was just thinking about the devil went down to Georgia. That's true. That's fair. And he was looking for a soul to steal. And he was and in a bind because he was way behind. He was looking to make a deal. <laughs> your soul that he'd want to collect. And he came across a young boy so, or young girl sewing no. on the fiddle and playing it hot. The devil jumped upon a hickory some said, girl, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player, too. Oh, wait. what? Yeah, we're sorry for the slider shot. Just keep on going. John's like, it's fine. But if you care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now, you play a pretty good fiddle, girl, but give the devil his due. I'll bet a fiddle of gold against your soul. 
as to think I'm better than you. Wow. Sorry. There you go. But yeah, I'm boring. I don't remember my dreams. What about you? Um, you know, I have to say that I, I, <laughs> I've had way more realistic dreams about living on the Starship Enterprise than I would ever admit to anybody that's ever known me. Mm-hmm. I do have uh, realistic dreams about IP, but not, not in the sense that I exist in that universe. Mm-hmm. I've had realistic dreams about like, like being in an, a, not, not being in an MCU movie, but where Thanos might exist if I'm like, I'm in school, you know, and oh. Thanos is my professor. Mm-hmm. It seems real, but it's not in the reality of the MCU, if that makes any sense. No, it does. So Interesting. Jonathan, do you have any IP dreams? No, I never, I don't think I really ever had IP dreams. I had. I used to have weird dreams. I used to become self-aware in my dreams, so I would know I was dreaming. Um, And then, it sounds like I'm making it up, but I'm not. I would go to sleep. I'd become self-aware in the dream, and then I would test the limits. Mm. So, like, for example, I'd be reading something, and then the words would get blurry. And it's like, oh, right, because I'm making these words up, so I don't know what else to whatever. And then I'd get sick of a, I'd get sick of, like, an area I was in a dream and I there'd be a door and I'd go through a door and I'd be in a new scene. Uh, I would test how fast I could run and then I'd lose control and start like barreling too fast, too far forward. And I'd wake up. It sounds like a trip, but I I literally used to do that. Oh, wow! but I haven't done that in a long time. You asked. That's wild. We did. Oh my goodness. What else? What is next? Orlando Orego sends in a super chat and says, hello, Chris and Rob. Hello. Peacock is showing The Northman. Have you seen the movie? I am, or I, I will watch it this weekend. Orlando, let me tell you, the latest Designing Hollywood podcast is with the costume designer of The Northman. Uh, I am a huge fan of that director, The Witch, The Lighthouse, mm. and now The Northman. Uh, the Northman was not what I expected, but I still loved it. And uh, it came out on 4K disc this week. It's pretty great. Have you seen it? I haven't yet. Logan's really wanting to see it. And uh, you know me. I'm kind of squeamish about certain types of violence. Oh, get my mic. Um, and, and given the show Vikings, there was a lot of eye violence on the show Vikings. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean. I think I, you're I, okay with eye violence on this. Yeah, okay. There's lots I, of violence. I do well with stylized violence like the boys. That doesn't bother me. But sometimes the more realistic stuff can get me. Yeah, but it's worth it for the story. I like the lighthouse. I didn't see the other films because yeah, no, it's it's it's. You should watch Witch and Lighthouse is good. Okay, cool. Well, you know the light, but this is Northman is a it's it's a very worthy film. Sweet, check it out. I will check it out. CMG two four nine one sends in a super chat and says, "Everything everywhere all at once is such a wonderful film, and I truly think a twenty four will mount an Oscar campaign for the screenplay." director and lead actress lead actor and supporting actor never has a oh there's a part two uh, there we go see, oh there we go never has a scene between two inanimate objects <laughs> moved me not to mention the line in the movie in another universe i would have been happy to do laundry and taxes with you ugh Tears. By the way, oh, CMG two four nine one. That was a great line. Yeah. And you're not you're not wrong. I mean, you know what's great about this film is not only is it a 
a brilliant genre movie with an interesting premise. It's all about characters and story mm -hmm. and, and the humanity of it all. Absolutely. Despite all the multiverse gobbledygook, it's always about the characters and their plight. Well, yeah, it's always that first. And all of the rules of the multiverse and everything are so secondary. And they don't take all this time up going, well, let's get really into how this all works. It just works because it does. Yeah. That's it. Well, well, and the thing is, it concentrates on what's important about the story. You can get past all that. You don't need to know the lore yeah. if the story has, you know, captured your heart, exactly. which this does. Yeah, and you're sold on that concept then because you believe everyone in yeah. this and you're rooting for them. Oh, it's so cool. Totally agree. Uh, I think they absolutely will. Do you think they'll mount that Oscar campaign? I think they will. I think they'd be stupid not to. I mean, Michelle Yeoh is so incredible in this, first of all. And if you want to have yourself a little, like, tear fest have yourself a, a little, little little tear fest, fest. um our christmas album is going to be great so good oh man we'll do some hanukkah songs too it'll be wonderful michelle yo has a beautiful video <laughs> where it's her being interviewed and just talking about how like this is the role she has waited for her whole life and how honored she was to be able to give this to her fans who have believed in her and thought that she was capable of more than she'd been given in the past yeah and just seeing her get so emotional about it too, just ugh. I mean, she's ugh. a Bond girl. She's incredible. She's Wylin. Yeah. From tomorrow never she's dies. She's a Bond girl. She is a Marvel hero. She is incredible. Incredible. Ugh. I love her so much. But yeah, I think I think they'll mount a campaign. Uh, I I think so too because <laughs> it is the best movie of this year it so is. far. It so. is. It is. Jay Master sends in a twenty dollar oh. super chat. Thanks, Thank you, Jay. Jay. Master. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter reported yesterday that a federal judge ruled in favor of Disney for the studio to keep profits from Deadpool and Guardians of the Galaxy. I did not know this. Oh. The films are safe from a VFX company that sued Disney months ago. Um, oh, I was totally wow. unaware of this. Yeah, Jay, I, I, I'm unaware of this story. But, you know, um, look, I, I will say this. As somebody who has worked at VFX companies, respects VFX, VFX companies, mm -hmm. they are not respected by the studios as much as they should be. Uh, people work really long hours, and there's a lot of, uh, with all the previews that happens, a lot of these VF, VFX companies are designing these giant action sequences, and there's a lot of work, and they have to underbid companies around the world, and uh, they can't compete, so... I don't know anything about this case, but I'm sorry to see that a VFX company felt the need, one, to sue Disney, and that, two, they lost. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying, by the way, this is not Disney bad. It's just that VFX companies deserve more respect and more money. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Chris Retzlaff, Retzlaff sends in a super chat and says, Rob, Blackbird on Apple looks great. Yes, it does. I believe it's Dennis Lehane, and it is Taron Edgerton. Oh. Uh, he has to go like undercover and meet a serial killer in in prison and become friends with him to find out more about the victims of this. Ooh. It looks really good. Interesting. Uh, Chris, mm -hmm. are you still watching The Time Traveler's Wife? So good. I really liked Suspicion, too. That's the oh, Uma Thurman series. The Uma Thurman one, which I have to start. What do you... Okay. I've been watching Time Traveler's Wife. What do you think? I love it. I love it. 
it first of all the movie was hot garbage it was so disappointing and well it's a lot of moffat revisiting a lot of amy pond sensibilities don't care right it's done well it's time travel done well it is beautiful and funny and heartbreaking Oh, I am I am so invested in this show. I love it so much. And Theo James is incredible. He is so good. You mean the young Peter Gallagher? Yes. He looks just like Peter Gallagher. Oh my gosh, yeah. But he's so they're both so they're good. both incredible, yeah. The show is you know what I have to say, I was not Elizabeth's like, let's watch the time travel. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. I was in. I mean, I was in. Some people criticize the the um the use of like the talking to the camera at the beginning, you know, the, I was, I'm like, that works. I think it's great. It's a trope. It works. It makes you understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've really done, I have to say this. Have you ever seen a movie called Predestination? No. With Ethan Hawke? It's a science fiction feature uh, directed by the people that made Daybreakers. Okay. If you've seen that. Yeah, I love Daybreakers. So it's based on a Robert Heinlein short story called All You Zombies. Okay. If you've and it stars Sarah Snook from Succession. Okay. If you have never seen this, it's Handsome Hawk and Sarah Snook. If you guys like time travel stories, watch Predestination. And by the way, don't read anything about it, please. No Wikipedia, no Google searches. If you've never heard of Predestination, just go in and watch it cold. Oh, I'm excited to check that out because, mm. you you know, I love Highland stuff. So anything based on his works. It's a, yeah. All You Zombies is like a three page long short story. Yeah, he's wonderful. Watch this movie. Oh, sweet. Excellent. Yeah, there you go. What I don't know we... where we're, we're all over the place today. <laughs> Alex Mata sends in a super chat and says in the Avenger Con sequence. I, this is in uh, Miss Marvel. Mm. I noticed that there were still Wanda cosplayers. And even a cutout of her ironically next to Strange. How long do you think till the public learns of what she has done? Ooh. Well, the funny thing about what happened in Westview, in WandaVision, do people really know it was Wanda? Even the people in Westview don't know what happened to them. Yeah. And then the multiverse, Wanda went away. Like, I don't think the general population knows a lot about this what do you think i mean i feel like the people in westview were aware but i also think all of them were embarrassed by what happened because there was a lot of weird reactionary stuff that happened once they came out of being prisoners in that town right where they were very mad at her but it was also this kind of held hostage situation. but they might not have known why it happened they know it happened but they don't understand like isn't she an avenger now like what happened there so i don't and i don't think that that would have been something that got to the the big media markets right right i also don't think that dr strange is going to be like oh yeah wanda maximoff she went totally not so but so and tried to murder a bunch of people that doesn't seem in character for him and since it's something that was a contained event not a Attack on New York global scale, right? right? We did see, of course, monsters in New York, but we didn't see Wanda being that monster in New York. I don't think the public's going to know about it. And I think there's going to be, or at least what I think would be interesting, is if we do see a kind of PR campaign that makes it look more like, oh no, Wanda made the ultimate sacrifice <laughs> until she's brought back, because she will be. Well, also, I mean, I <laughs> I, I want to know about the cosmology of all this. Mm-hmm. So when Arishem the judge 
shows up over the UK and a, a celestial's cracking its way out of the Indian Ocean. What does humanity think? Right? Are they going to pay attention to like what happened in Westview? For uh, is there's so much craziness, and when we live in a world where you've been snapped away, exactly for five years, you're just like, what does the Vatican have to say about what Thanos? Yeah, did? well, and they brought this up in Shang Chi too, of like we live in a post snap world. Like yeah. I, I'm not surprised by a bunch of this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's like whatever. So there's a judge judging humanity from space. That was fine. I was snapped away for five years. I turned into dust. Yeah, and then I was brought back. It's wild. It's, but it's a good, I think they need to address it though. I do too. Yeah. They do. Sam Fisher says, <laughs> did you see the image of Johnny Bravo recolored to look like Captain Pike? Oh, I did. It <laughs> is glorious because his hair keeps getting bigger. Sam, all I have to say is I have a friend or I had a friend named Sean Fanning. He passed away in 2011. He had Captain Pike's hair. And and whenever we would go out in the 90s, it took him a, an hour. Mm-hmm. Like I'd sit there and sometimes I'd watch, other times I'd be disgusted where he was using pomade, pomade, pomade to do his hair just like Captain Pike. Aww. That cannot be Starfleet regulation, can it? Like Anything's possible in the future. I You know, Anson Mount is great as Pike. He looks great, mm-hmm. but that hair is a little... That. It's so distracting. I love it so much. That can't be regulation. I mean, wouldn't you just cut it off? I mean, it's clearly, it's so shaped and so done. It's so, it's a blowout. It's it's like, you can't convince me Listen, that uh, a military man is going to spend that much time on his hair. You can convince me that a gorgeous military man is. He Dang. cute. He cute. I like him. He's Look, even I, I can have a man crush on Anson. Yeah, that's Very a handsome guy. Man. He's terrific in the role. Mm-hmm. But that hair. It's got to go. It's perfect. All right. Well, chef's kiss on the hair. Mm -hmm. Jermaine King says John's new name for the show has been sitting right next to him. The Chris Carr show. Oh, but then he can only sell it to me and I'm poor. Oh, wow! I wouldn't be able to buy this. (laughs) I have to get a sponsor. Well, if I might posit this idea, Mm -hmm. why shouldn't you have the Chris car show on john campius channel that's true that's true we need more hours in the day though mm, i know Oof, oh my goodness all right what else uh harv's k sends in a super chat and says happy friday Woo! just a psa to everyone to watch for all mankind new season starts now harv's k you don't have to convince me uh for all mankind is one of the great science fiction shows of all time co-created by Ron Moore, who did create Battlestar Galactica along with David Icke, and of course, began his writing career on The Next Generation in season three. Oh, nice. Man, yeah. your Star Trek knowledge is so impressive, man. It's just so, so encyclopedic. Well, up until, up until 2005. Ah, uh, well. Yeah, then I, then I, I eh, never mind. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> what else wow. do we have here? Addison. Addison, I love the name Addison. If you've never seen the movie All About Eve, there's a character named Addison DeWitt, mm-hmm. played by George Sanders. I can only, I can only the golf scene from part two happening. Oh wait, hang on a second. Let me try this again, Addison. I can only the golf scene from part two happening to Pedro. If they make a season two, oh the golf scene meaning oh, uh, the, last uh, of the Last of Us. Yeah. Okay, got it. 
I can only uh, uh, imagine the golf scene from The Last of Us Part Two happening to Pedro if they make a season two or even adapt Last of Us Part Two. That will really break hearts. Okay, I know what he's talking about. I'm not, yeah. Now that I get it. That's the whole thing, though. That's from Last of Us Part Two. Part Two. I mean, I don't think we're seeing that yet. Yeah, we're not seeing that yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the we don't even know. I think The Last of Us might be the entire game. That could be seven seasons. Exactly. So we're not sure how long this is. Yeah. We're not sure if this is good yet. Right. No. We have high hopes, but I think before we start talking about part two stuff that happens much later. Yeah. Later. We should, we should probably just take a beat. But hopefully they'll include scenes like that, though, because, yes, absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah. Andrew Rice says, hey, all. What about Major Glenn Talbot landing the Thunderbolts in honor of Thunderbolt Ross? Villain, the leader. Well, those are all deep Marvel cuts. Well, not Ooh. deep cuts, but Marvel cuts. Not bad. I like that idea. Uh, here's the thing, though. If you're going to make a movie with somebody like the leader or whatever, you have to establish those characters. Mm-hmm. You have to, so people have to know who they are. And I think in doing that, then you'd have to take up valuable, well, you're going to have to take up valuable story real estate anyway but that's a tough call to introduce a bunch of new people yeah well and this also if it's talbot we also then do have to decide whether or not if shield as agents of shield existed exists within the greater mcu because we had general talbot in that um the same actor who played nathan petrelli on heroes yep who i absolutely love i think he's a wonderful actor but then we have to decide okay if we bring him in is it still that version of him does this then make other things canon which obviously like kevin feige you can pick and choose whatever you want it's your universe baby but hey man if black bolt is in multiverse of madness nothing is off that's the table. very very true nothing is off the table and i think i'd love to have him back in there because i thought he was one of the good things in agents of shield personally i i do too yeah we'll not a bad idea yeah joshua waller says uh, I love, I too, oh, I too love Man of Steel. So much so in 2014, I named my daughter Feora. Oh. <laughs> well, first of all, kudos to you. First of all, kudos for having a daughter. Yeah. And, and and super kudos for calling her Feora. Because yeah. that's a cool name. That's a really beautiful name. It's a really beautiful name. And by the way, you know, in 10 years, no one's going to ever ask where that name came from right. because nobody likes Man of Steel. It's Only true. we like Man of Steel. Yeah. And it's not going to be like a Daenerys situation where people go, you named your kid that? Yeah. Yeah. Pharaoh was strong and she stuck up for what she believed yeah. in. Yeah, that was a great choice. Oh my goodness. Wonderful. Absolutely. Well done. By the way, congratulations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to, now I want to know when are you going to show your daughter how old is she going to have to be before you show her Man of Steel? Oh yeah. You know, and they never made that hot toy. Rude. I, was, I know. I wanted it too. Irene Jacobs, uh, uh, Irene Jobs sends in a super chat and says, Chris, yay, you are doing awesome. I love you, girl. Irene, I hope you and Brad are having a nice Friday. Hope you're having a real good one. It's so nice once you start getting to know people in the chat who show up every day and then you start to hang out with them. I mean, Ray, I know you and Irene are just who's that rivals. (laughs) Cares about her. her. Come on, Irene. (laughs) Um, Thank how, you, Irene. How much I appreciate tip? you. Five bucks. Irene. 
I'm just playing. Hey, come on now. I'm playing, I'm playing. Do you know what? Anybody who so, gives us anything so is bad. an honor. Yeah. That was so bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We appreciate you, Irene. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for saying I'm doing a great job, too. I like praise. I'm an actor. I need positive feedback. Otherwise, I die. So, what's next? Wow. Uh, B, is that BGL? B, uh, BGL? BGL? Beagle. Beagle Studios sends in a super chat and says, I was thinking about your James Bond fan cast with Henry Golding. And I think he would be a great cast for Valiant's ninja James Bond hero, Ninjack. Just a thought. Bring on, uh, uh, that bring on, there's no F. Bring on the Ilfy. Bring on the Yeti. Bring (laughs) the, bring bring on on the Yay Yo. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, I'm just kidding. Uh, Actually, by the way, uh, this is a great idea. I love Ninjak. I love that character. I love that. No, I think Henry Golding as Ninjak would be great. And I think they've actually been trying to make a Ninjak movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I, but you know what? After Snake Eyes, I mean, it's like Henry Golding's like, let's make a, a martial arts character. I think after Snake Eyes, I don't think you can try doing Ninjak with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think uh, you've got, look, I think Henry Golding's greatest move was doing uh, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Absolutely. After, because he was so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, he's suave and debonair and handsome. And, and let's face it, he's Asian, but not too Asian. So he's, he's, he's palatable for so many audiences. Oh, my God. No, but it's true. I mean, and, but don't, come on, man. You know what I'm saying. I mean, it's like, look, I love Tony Lung. I said many times on this show, mm-hmm. if I could be Asian, I'd be Tony Lung. I love him so much. I loved him in In the Mood for Love. As a matter of fact, my favorite romantic lead in any movie ever is Tony Lung in Wong Kar Wai's In the Mood for Love. That guy wears a linen suit better than anyone I've ever seen. And I want to be him. But Henry Golding, you know, he's, he's, you can't just, everybody says he's like the one go-to guy that everyone's mentioning. He can't be the only guy. Absolutely. Like Ninjak, I would like to see, look, let's get a Chinese national to play a real, like Tony Lung. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see him come in and play Shang-Chi's dad. That was awesome. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. If you've never seen John Woo's Hard Boiled, my God, mm -hmm. is Tony Lung. Tony Lung and Chow Yun-Fat. Those guys, that is lethal weapon. That is Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. That's what I want to see. Henry Golden can't play everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ninjak, he could be great. James Bond, he could be great. But he can't be the only guy. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and there's the, there's always a conversation, too, of it's, oh, I guess it's just us uh, folks up against for this role. And it's, it's a really stupid way to approach casting, right? Um, anyone can play any part. Anyone really can. Now, if it is something very, very specific to having somebody playing a character like we've seen, too, like Shang-Chi, obviously, we can't have some white dude roll in and play Shang-Chi. That's not going to roll. No, you can't. But the same thing is the reverse, though. We don't have to have only, you know, Asian actors playing Asian roles. That's ridiculous. And I love that a lot of these actors, too, are breaking through these molds. And that's one of the reasons why I like him for James Bond, too, so we can address a lot of honestly small-minded ideas when it comes to casting. Well, also the right? idea that, you know, in, in Britain, there's all kinds of people. Exactly. You know, the, Britain's a very cosmopolitan country. Mm-hmm. And what I would like to see, 
I'm a huge fan of Asian cinema. I grew up watching Japanese science fiction. I loved Chinese martial arts films. You know, when I watched uh, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China, and it was based on Zoo Warriors of the Magic Mountain, I was like, that film, and it didn't do well. In the summer of 1986, when Big Trouble came out, uh, 20th Century Fox had three genre films. It had The Fly, it had Aliens, and Big Trouble. Big Trouble was beyond, people were like, what is this? What is this? They didn't get it because they hadn't seen Asian fantasy film. The, the wuxia genre had not penetrated to the American market yet. Mm-hmm. Now people look at Big Trouble and they're like, oh, oh. we get it. Yeah. You know, because they've seen all those movies. It, Tarantino, Kill Bill. I mean, in Kill Bill Part One, he he referenced multiple uh, Asian genres. He even changed the blood in that movie based on who made the blood in the original films. Like oh. Chinese blood is different than Japanese blood was. They and he went and recreated the different colors of blood. That's how much he loved those films. And I think we forget, you know. And um, Ninjak. Look, I would love to see, look, I loved seeing Ong Bak, Tony Jaw. Do you know Tony Jaw, Ray? Yes, I do. Now, yes. we didn't see like Indonesian martial arts, the raid, as I like to say, the rad. I mean, there's a whole, oh, there's a whole so pantheon of actors in a part of the world we don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway. Ninjak, Henry Golding, I'd watch it. Yeah, but there's also a multitude of actors that we can pull from. Yes. All right. Sam Fisher says, someone had to point it out to me, but episode four of Strange New Worlds is basically Das Boot. Or actually, you know what? I have to say, I was corrected. It's not Das Boot. It's just Das Boot in oh, Germany. Oh, yes. really? Uh, yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dieter, I know you're watching. Das Boot. Okay. Das Boat in Space. Also, can we talk about the alien makeup and design? Okay. You know this is about Star Trek. Yeah, I haven't watched any of Strange New World, so. <clears throat> okay. Well, in this uh in this episode, they deal with um a battle in a gas giant in a planet. I have things to say about this, but I won't. Uh and dealing with things like a submarine going to crush depth because of the pressure. Mm-hmm on the hull. And yeah, I think that that's a, a very astute observation. I think Das Boat, if you have not seen Das Boat, it's a film that was directed by Wolfgang Peterson about a Japanese, a Japanese, a, a German U-boat in World War II. And it's from their perspective and it's terrifying and awesome. And uh, it's an amazing film and it shows the horrors of war from the German perspective. And um, it's, it's incredible. But yeah, so Strange New Worlds, uh, they have used submarine warfare in Star Trek before in the original series in the first season, Balance of Terror, which is basically a, a, a retelling of Run Silent, Run Deep. Uh, I thought they're fighting the Gorn. Mm-hmm. It's good. All it's right. interesting. I need to check it out. Check it out. Um, before we begin, I, I was working on like the off the top, so I missed a member chat and it just scrolled past, so I can't get it. But somebody was asking what your guys' thoughts on the Sandman trailer and your anticipation. Oh. If I, you know, I don't have his Chris. exact words, but. Oh, man. Can you what t- we talked about this is how do you make a trailer for this, first of all, because it's so much to cover. 
And it's a bananas ethos. There's so much going on throughout all of this. So this, if you've, if you've read the comics, there are all those moments of, this is amazing. Oh, there's that. Oh, there's this. And if you haven't read the comics, I'm sure you're just like, this looks interesting, but what the fuck is this? The Sandman is my favorite comic series of See? all time. It is, it is a comic book series that is literally about the art of storytelling. And what storytelling means to us as mortals. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. Like, the funny thing is, is they don't do a good job. No one knows who Morpheus is. Yeah. No one knows who the Sandman is. And they've not done anything to tell you this. And I would have thought a trailer would have said, here is the Sandman. Here's his deal. He is dream of yeah. the endless. And when you dream... You go to his realm. All creatures everywhere in the universe go to his realm. You would never know this no. from the trailers. And, so, and it, it really is a teaser, right? I mean, it is just to let us know, hey, this is dropping on Netflix. It, but if you know the show, I was like... Exactly. Oh. Well, and especially that end character over the shoulder shot we get to where it's, <gasps> yes, okay, bring it on. Um, if you have not read these comics, y'all, Truly, they are some of the greatest, greatest graphic novels that I think have ever been written. Neil Gaiman is so wonderful. All of his work from his novels to his television show writing to his films. I mean, he is brilliant and one of my favorite writers. Oh, yeah. But the way that he can play with not only mythological lore, but also superhero genres and and just real world issues and things within this realm he's created is fascinating no i agree i mean it, what i love about <laughs> the sandman storylines you just never knew what happened like yeah. one day hey let's do a midsummer night's dream mm -hmm. and you'll find out how will shakespeare was connected to the sandman yeah and it's amazing and and also i love the fact that one of the great strengths of the sandman was they incorporated all of the world's religions Mm -hmm. All of our belief structures, they all existed in, 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 in the realm of the Sandman, no one's religion or no one's beliefs, they were all incorporate, uh, incorporated into human history Yeah, and they mattered and I loved it. It's so well done. It's so well done. Oh man. So we're pretty hyped about the show. We're pretty excited. <laughs> I, I thought the trailer actually, the trailer was intriguing, mm -hmm. but I do think they're kind of trying to skate off the reputation of the Sandman. I think they mm. need to educate the audience. That's fair. That's, I, I think maybe then I'm just so excited because when I have non-comic book friends, I get the, what is this about? And then it's, <sighs> yeah. Well, let's tuck in and I can talk to you about some stuff. Sit down with Mama Car for a moment. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Indeed. Uh, Daniel Skinner. Oh, <laughs> wow. Well, wow. This is a question. Thoughts on American Psycho, From Hell, Crank, and Grown Ups. The four movies I walked out of. What a varied Ooh. list. Wow. What a what a wild set of films for Daniel to go. These aren't for me. What's nice is there's no through line except for you think they're bad, which I think is fascinating. And one of them is based on an Alan Moore comic, mm -hmm. which is adjacent to Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay. 
I, I what have you ever walked out of a movie? <laughs> I walked out of dinner for schmucks because my friend who I was seeing with uh, seeing it with was like, I hate this. I was like, okay, that's fine. And I wish I walked out of the spirit. But I was on a Fair. double date and me and my friend kind of kept looking at each other like, should we leave? No, mm. that's weird. No, okay, I guess not. And then once the movie was done, our dates were both like, this was so stupid. Right, right. Um, the thing yeah. is, there's no, I, 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 I want to look for a through line in all of these. They're, yeah. they're so... Grownups I mean, is the one throwing me off the most yeah, in I, this list, which I, I get if you don't like that film. You know, because movies are so hard to make, I've only ever walked out of one movie in my entire life. Mm. And it was shock treatment. The mm. pseudo sequel to the Rocky Horror Picture Show that I, I, I just couldn't abide. But those, I would say this. I mean, American Psycho, I think, is a very respectable adaptation of the oh, book. yeah. Of a. Brett Easton Ellis's novel. I think Christian Bale's great in it. There's a lot of, I mean, would it surprise you to know I have this beautiful German box set that comes with the <laughs> business cards do. and oh. yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I really like American Psycho. Mm -hmm. So I can understand how it's not everyone's cup of tea. I mean, there's definitely moments, the cat for one, right? There's a lot of stuff that is very, very hard to stomach. Yeah. So I can understand that. Yeah. Um, crank, you know, I can understand that too. It's a Jason Statham. Plus it might just, the way it's done. Yeah. Might it's also great on you. Shaky and stuff too. Um, from hell. I mean, it's, I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. It's not, it's, it doesn't touch Alan Moore's. No. I've got a beautiful hardcover comic mm -hmm. version mm -hmm. of that. It doesn't touch that, but you know, I, I still think it's, it's kind of, well-made? Yeah. I mean, I, I would need more information. Yeah. Why did you walk out of exactly, these movies? Exactly, yeah. I need to know what triggered each each <laughs> moment of, I need to get the heck out of here. All right. I don't know. Um, Jay Master. Another $20. Uh, 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 unbelievable, Jay. Jay thank thanks. you for that. Um, did you guys notice during the Miss Marvel credits that Haley Steinfeld makeup artist Melissa Hernandez, that her name is... Also, could be a tease for Haley Kate Bishop to show up in the show for a team up. Oh, mm. I mean, possibly oh. that. I mean, first of all, Jay, eagle eyes, well done. Yeah. And a lot of times, too, once you get an in on a set, as you know, Rob, once you have an in, a lot of times a company will continue to work with you, especially if they enjoyed working with right. you. Um, one of my friends, Kimberly Grasick, is an incredible makeup artist, and she was one of the keys on the Doctor Strange reshoots. Um, she, her husband, Trevor, was like, she's accidentally spoiled so many things for me because she has to make stuff at home. And I'll be right. like, no. Um, but, you know, I know that they love working with her. So I'm assuming if somebody has worked specifically with Haley, too, as her personal makeup artist, too, because that's... That's a very close bond you get, too. Maybe we could see her in there. I would actually, I like that idea. Yeah. I mean, I think she could, I don't know how they're going to do that, but if they do do it, that could be good. It'd be precious. I still need to know when Mar Ms. Marvel is specifically happening in the MCU. Yeah, we don't know yet. Because, yeah, I need, I need a little bit of a, a barrier on when exactly this happened. Well, that's another thing. I think phase four needs to there. I need definition. Mm -hmm. I need definition about the cosmology of the universe. And when does all of this take place? Yeah. Because Spider-Man no way home. The end of it is in the December. So it takes place at the same time as Hawkeye. Yeah. Both at Christmas. Like, Potentially. You know, we don't tough know. To, we yeah. don't know. Al Renshaw says, 
We need a weekly video of Erin watching the boys. Oh. I can't speak to that. What did, do you think? Did you see her reaction? Oh, I watched it three times. <laughs> I love it. I've also, let's talk about this. All of you are much more upset about us wearing shoes on the couch than anything. Me too. All right. It's in the office, Jonathan. I didn't want to take off my shoes in the office. <laughs> it hurt. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that I personally offended you. Oh, I'm not offended. It just, I was just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> but I wasn't offended. People in the chat were like, how dare that? I was like, I didn't realize that this wow, was so good for me to not take off my shoes in my boss's office. <laughs> all right. Didn't know. And also, if we're filming, I'm not going to be barefoot. I know all of you are already creepy and doing wiki feet stuff. OK. <laughs> all right. Not all of you, wiki but I get a lot of I get is... a lot of messages. You don't want me wow. to screenshots. Yeah, I don't yeah, want you to screenshot no, my feet. I just don't want it to happen. Wow. 3D print. Have I not showed you these? Rob? <laughs> <laughs> when I'll be like, I don't want to send you pictures of I my feet, but thank you. I don't know about Good that. I don't want to kink shame, but look at someone else's feet. These aren't anything to write home about. They're just not. It's a great reaction, though. And I don't think we could have Aaron do it every week because then it would lose all of the fun and joy that comes from it. Because you'd be expecting outlandish reactions then, right? That's true. It needs to be when it's organic. I agree. Yeah. I, yes, I agree. Peter Cunnington says Deadpool Thunderbolts. Hmm, could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, look, I just think... Uh, uh, <laughs> I was talking about this earlier today before the show. I just want to see, will they really allow a Deadpool R-rated film? And is R-rating, is that just mean violence or can they have body humor? I think it's still going to be body humor. We reported on this before too about them being like, no, Disney's pretty cool. They're being okay with it. I I feel like they're going to go for it. Because why, if you're going to have an R-rating, have an R-rating. Don't be a baby. Yeah, but in America, R ratings, you can kill a bunch of people. Yeah. But you go into the erotic or the body humor thing, mm. then people are like, get all sketchy. That's true. That is very true. R rating, you know, there, there's a whole spectrum of the R rating. I want I want more International Women's Day jokes. That's what I want in this Me R-rating. too. I just want to experience more International Women's Days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. And our next comment. Jasmine Jones <laughs> sends in a super chat and says, part three. Oh, part three. Yeah, I don't think we caught this part. Oh, the cast of Kim Possible just did a reunion. Christy Carlson Romero channel. Oh, on the Christy Carlson Romero channel. Under her, I hear voices. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can get this. Part three. The cast of Kim Possible just did a reunion on the Christy Carlton Romano channel under her I Hear Voices podcast. And they did a fun scene that was new for fans that are interested. Oh, cute. Okay. I think I read that correctly. I think so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Top well, one. Neat. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christy Carlson Romano has a YouTube and a podcast and is doing all kinds of stuff. Um, she has really great TikTok videos that explain the rise and fall of her career that... Uh, I appreciate. Are there um, feet in those I, videos? You know, I haven't seen a lot of feet. Mm. I'm not looking for them, though. I'm not the audience for feet. I'm not either. No. But hey, do you guys. All right, what's next? <laughs> Joel says, I want the dinosaurs to win this time and eat us all. <laughs> <laughs> Joel, you and I park our shuttlecrafts in the same shuttle bay. That's all I care about. Like I said before, earlier on the show, if my headless head... My corpse can fall away, but my body or my head can just roll into the gullet of a T-Rex and I'm alive for those 20 seconds or 30 seconds while I'm still perceiving things. My life is done. I'm in. Nice. What's next? Uh, <laughs> Hoopsuni. Hoopsuni says, 
I would love to see Matthew McFadden from Succession, or by the way, from MI5. Oh, so good on MI5. So good on MI5. Came back. Oh, yes, that's Mm -hmm. true. Came back in the 10th season, by the way. Spoiler alert. I would love to see Matthew McFadden from Succession as the new military Thunderbolts lead. Dude, if he was like Tom Quinn in MI5, or as it was called in the UK, Spooks, Mm -hmm. I love that idea. That would be awesome. I I, I am behind that 100%. I think that'd be fun. I love him as an actor. Ooh, love that. Good, That's a great good idea. Casting. Like Nicely it a lot. done. All right. Um, Stephen Wolf, one of four. Ooh, good luck. I don't luck. know if we got them all, but we'll try. Hi, guys. Hope you are doing well. Star Wars to me right now is like Rob to Star Trek. I'm sorry. For example, Kenobi. I am starting to get frustrated by the shallow storytelling, the repeated tropes, and as. And as an audience, I feel we are way ahead, uh, way ahead, we are, of the show and waiting for the inevitable, predictable outcomes for each character. Each beat in the last four episodes are blatant and, to be honest, idiotically telegraphed. Ooh. Um, that's all we got. I think that's all we got. Okay. Well, that's a full, that's a full thing. I yeah. mean, look. We didn't get to talk about how you felt about Kenobi because it was me with Aaron. Yeah, I... I, I don't think he's wrong. Mm-hmm. We've now watched Ben Kenobi rescue Princess Leia twice in four episodes. Yeah. First of all, I do not under, I mean, I understand from a corporate standpoint that Disney's like, how can we incorporate other characters from yeah. Star Wars? And here's the thing. Star Wars, even George Lucas, when he made Star Wars, the, the original, looked to Kurosawa looked to the Hidden Fortress, looked to Seven Samurai, looked to the entire samurai genre. Then he went to Joseph Campbell, The Hero's Journey. And then for his action sequences, he looked at World War II films, like The Dam Busters, to shoot those sequences. I feel that when people are franchise owners now, they're only looking back at the franchises, not realizing that all of these franchises are based on things that aren't part of those franchises. Like, if I was going to make a Kenobi show, I would be like, okay, what is a great story about a, a man? He's not suffering from PTSD. Mm-hmm. He's suffering from guilt. Yeah. He's suffering from the fact that he was part of an order of Jedi that failed. They did not see the rise of the Sith come up amongst them. And because of their arrogance or their, their, their lack of insight, they were slaughtered. And he was one of the best of them. And his own charge, the man that he was in charge, the, his, Padawan his Padawan became Darth effing Vader. That's a guy that is suffering not from PTSD, but from guilt, from all kinds of issues. Mm-hmm. How do you come back from that? That's what I want to know. Yeah. All of this other stuff, rescuing Princess Leia, all, all of that is taking away from who Kenobi is. I want to see an examination into a character. The reason he went into exile for 10 years is because of that guilt. Because of, and rightfully so. They failed. They utterly failed. How do you come back from that? Mm -hmm. I don't think that this series, the story they're telling, serves that character well. That would not be the story I chose to tell if I was tasked with coming up with that story. Absolutely. 
And that's, you know, rescuing Princess Leia, that's all fine and good, but Mm -hmm. that takes away from him. That means the story is not about him dealing with that guilt. It's about Mm -hmm. him, well, maybe, well, Rob, no, he's going to come back from that guilt if he rescues Princess Leia. I'm like, okay, but we've already seen him rescue Princess Leia in the very first Star Wars movie. Yeah. And and I just, I feel they could do better. Mm Mm-hmm. And and maybe just just pay attention to canon just a little bit more. Yeah, it's not. I'm not as upset about it as other people, but there are a few things where I go, okay, well that's okay. I mean, when you're telling a story, the question I always say is, what is the best version of the story that you want to tell? Mm-hmm. If you want to tell a story about Obi Wan Kenobi and what has happened, consult psychologists. Like, go to them and go, what's it like to have this kind of guilt? Mm-hmm. And then build your story around that. Make it about the character. When you're when you're making him go do something else, you're taking away from his journey. Yeah, because he doesn't need tasks. No, he doesn't need busy busy work. And if he does have busy work, let's make that a distraction that we're seeing him actively choose to want to be distracted from. Yes. Yeah. All right. Al Renshaw says even the minions in Power Rangers have better aim. Than stormtroopers. Boom. Oh, also, we have some support from the Richard, so thank you for that. Um, oh my gosh, Al Renshaw, yes. <laughs> and the Richard, by the way, an old friend of mine. Oh, really? Yeah, he's doing a whole uh, a new variety show he's creating. Oh, you, Richard, that's mm. rad. Oh my god. The gosh. Richard. The Richard, excuse me. The Richard. Mm. Not a Richard, the Richard. The Richard. What's up? Um, yeah. The minions would have done much better in that last episode. If yeah, I, 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 and why do they have to do that? I don't know. You know, the Empire was fearsome in Star Wars and an Empire. I just, I feel like every stormtrooper is just me trying to play any one-person shooter. It's just <laughs> embarrassing. It's not great, guys. All right, what's next? <laughs> Jasmine Jones says, fun fact that you probably forgot, Kenny Ortega choreographed Dirty Dancing, the musical number in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I did not forget that because if you watch the movies that made us Mm -hmm. and you go watch uh, that story about Dirty Dancing, it's all in there. Kenny Ortega has choreographed so many things. Uh, Shaking Up Baby now. Twist and Shout. Mm -hmm. It's a good scene. All the high school musical stuff. We uh, move along a little bit. He directed that. He did direct that. Yeah, we have to go faster, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, (laughs) Josie Reviews says, why do fathers take an extra pair of socks when they go golfing? In case they get a hole in one. <laughs> wow, my I, I'm 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 from a golf family. That's that's not good. What? Ray liked Chris. it. Okay, Josie, you got it. Chris. What? Sam what Fisher. Do you mean, Chris? <laughs> Sam Fisher says, Rob, what are your thoughts on Star Trek Enterprise from 2001? I'm watching and liking it, but not loving it. I like the Vulcan human contention, but not much else. Mm. Um, look, I think that Star Trek Enterprise is a copy of a copy of a copy, and. While I like the idea of going back and looking into the Federation, I will say this. Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, who created that show, what they wanted to do was explore the world. They didn't even want the first season to be on a starship. They wanted it to be entirely on Earth. And the first season would end with the NX-01 Enterprise being launched. The network, it was, it was the most uh, effed with of all the Star Trek shows of that era by the network. And the network had to weigh in a lot on that show. And I think it was compromised for that reason. However, I would say there's a lot of great episodes in Enterprise, the fourth season being obviously the the obvious one, the third season, interesting one long story. But there's a really great episode from the second season called Cogenitor 
that is about three genders, a society with three genders, and it is a fantastic examination of gender identity and how that might work. And nowadays, somebody would call it woke. I would call it great science fiction. Check out Cogenitor from the second season of Enterprise. Also, real cute sending in Star Trek questions when John's gone, guys. Right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, real stuff. Well done. I kept that short and sweet, though. Yeah. Right? That was, that was pretty was good. Well done. Well that done. Was pretty good. Uh, Rachel Knight online sends in a super chat and says, okay, so here's a pitch. Going through the raft, they start showing a 90s montage of potential Thunderbolts when they start talking about a former Navy SEAL. Cut to John Barenthal's Frank Castle. Ooh. Works for me. I'm into it, yeah. But that's like 90 seconds. Then what? <laughs> and then cut to black. Yeah. Roll credits. I, I love the idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I'm awesome. 418 says, sat next to a couple during Jurassic World. The girlfriend had big reactions, but the boyfriend was stone-faced the whole time. Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. I, I hope it's something that doesn't ruin their relationship. I do too. I mean, I hope they still went home and, you know. They still were able to be had like, Had some hey, ice cream. Yeah. Hmm. We both felt differently about Jurassic World, but our love will keep us together. <laughs> Muskrat love. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati's five. Yeah. Wait, hang on. Hang Sam on. Fisher. No, it's Sam first Fisher Sam first. Fisher. Sorry. Oh, I mean, Sam Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> Rob, you got your wish. Hulu just announced that they will offer the Prey movie in the Comanche language with the actor coming back. This is true. Yeah, we talked yeah, about we this. Yeah, we talked about this, which I think is great. I mean, it, the first thing, the only thing about that trailer that struck me strangely was that they're speaking in like English of today. Yeah. And I was thinking about Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And and wouldn't it be cool to see that movie entirely in the original language? Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I we brought the fact that it was the Navajo language that they translated Star Wars into, mm-hmm. which is very, very cool. It's so cool. I I'm mean, really glad they're doing this with Prey. I think I, that's going to be great. I, you know, people forget John Woo. We talked about him earlier. John Woo made a movie called Wind Talkers about the the indigenous people the first peoples the code talkers mm-hmm. in world war uh, 2 yeah. that they had they had native native peoples first peoples use their own language because they could those codes couldn't be broken and we used them and there's a movie about that called wind, wind talkers. talkers uh cincinnati's five star barber <laughs> cincinnati ray before i read this question is there anything you want to say to our favorite oh no it's just that i you know he got me the jersey i've been looking for you know, paid him back. It's all good, ready for the next season. But yeah, what what did he have to say? Well, he says, I enjoyed Dominion. Not superb and some bad dialogue, but entertaining and ended in a good way. And Rob, I watched Tango Shalom and I loved it. Cincinnati's five-star barber. Well, first of all, I'm glad you liked Jurassic. Yeah. What is it? What is it called? Jurassic World, World Dominion. Dominion. I'm glad you liked it. It should have Dominion. And by the way, thank you so much for watching Tango Shalom, a movie that I produced and edited. So I appreciate that and that you liked it. It's available, by the way, on Amazon Prime for free. If you have Amazon Prime, Ooh. everyone can watch it. Excellent. Uh, PDOT says D23 Expo, Daredevil announcement, baby. I want to see the whole cast return. Story should be a continuation, but a new start after the blip event. 
I, I like mean, that idea. I would love that, but I understand other people's concern, though, that that was a decidedly darker version mm. than what we've seen in the MCU. Maybe the MCU could have a little darkness injected into it, though. Mm. We got a little creepy, a little spooky with Doctor Strange. Maybe we can get a little more violent. Uh, on Disney Plus? Maybe. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, mean, I don't know movie. if they will. Uh, you know, an R-rated Daredevil movie. Of course, the show would have been, I think, yeah. R-rated. Yeah, it was yeah. TV mature, wasn't yeah. it? Or 14 or I don't understand. Again, our rating system with violence, we're like, it's fine. Yeah, it's you fine. see a boob, we're like, oh my uh, God, oh a my nipple. God, a nipple uh, slip on you. Uh, 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 a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, <gasps> people lose crazy. their minds. Uh, Rafael Castillo says, Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Rafael. Happy <laughs> Friday to you, sir. Uh, Amber Friendly. Oh, Oh, pardon me. Oh, sorry. You, you're so quick on that. Juan Torres says, the Inquisitors give me Atasuki vibes. I don't know what that is. All right. Atasuki is Ooh, probably Juan. some video game thing I don't know. We'll have to look it up. But I have to look it up. Brad. But no. Juan, I'm glad they do. Yeah. Anything that gives you vibes is good. My book. Amber Friendly says, you guys are great every day. I'm spending the day in the hospital. Uh-oh. And you guys are helping me keep my spirits up also. The Flash is a hoax. Oh, my gosh. Amber, first of all, thank you for watching while you're still recovering and everything. I hope everything is okay. We wish you all the best. We hope that you get to get out of the hospital soon because it's no fun being in there. And um, my most importantly, thank you for knowing that The Flash isn't real. So You know, it's funny. Amber supporting, I, I think, when, when the reality of the situation is revealed, you're going to be the only person who has been carrying the torch. Oh, man. I'm going to bring confetti guns that day to work here. I'm going to play Celebrate. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to have a band. Wow. Dance to the music. Yeah, it's going to be mm. magical. Wayne Edwards says, Happy Friday, crew. I saw Top Gun Maverick for the third time in an AMC Dolby Cinema a couple of days ago. What an experience. That is a fantastic theater. Packed theater was this time. Ooh. I mean, it was it's great. We saw we saw it actually. It wasn't in a theater, but we, we did the see Celine Dolby in Dolby yeah. at at CinemaCon. Mm -hmm. They they had installed the system. It was amazing. Oh gosh, yeah. And then I saw an IMAX. It's incre It's incredible. But the Dolby Cinema, I mean, it's great. Yeah, they're, it's, it's it's the way to see a movie, frankly. And to see it with a packed audience. Yeah, exactly. Always so nice good. to do that again. Uh, Nicholas Clark sends in a super chat and says, "Hey everyone." I just wanted to show support. Chris, random, but I've been wondering, were you named after the Kiss drummers Peter Chris and Eric Carr? Absolutely not. I wasn't Nicholas. Oh, wow. Um, you <laughs> no. should, come on. You should, you, if you're asked if you're named after the Kiss drummers, you should say yes. My parents are not into Kiss. They are not that cool. <laughs> I love my mom and dad. Marie and Jeff, shout out, shout out. They're the best. I am actually named after uh, Christine from Phantom of the Opera. That's where my name oh, that's, is. That's pretty dope. Yeah. All right. Which is nice. And then Carr is because that that's is my last name. name. <laughs> that is my, my father's name and his father before him. That's how surnames work. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, this isn't a stage name, but I do have a cool, like, I sound like a superhero. That's why I didn't take Logan's name. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have a favorite member of of, of of kiss i don't see i'm an ace freely guy because he was an astronaut oh okay and i loved the song back in the new york groove that was on a solo album oh, I'm, 
I'm honestly not familiar enough with Kiss to have hard opinions on. Do you know that Kiss was the first rock band, the first rock concert I ever saw? No. Yeah. Aw. On the Dynasty tour. Mine was Weezer, which I don't think counts. A little different. Would we say rock band? (laughs) No, no, Weezer kind of counts. Two generations apart. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, that's how I got my name. Hot, hotter than hell for you, Chris, (laughs) Chris, Peter, Chris fans. Luis Enrique de la Pena sends in a super chat. Is it just me or does producer Jonathan look like Omni-Man from Invincible? Omni-producer. Just kidding. Actually, you know what? Luis, Luis, Omni-producer should be Jonathan's like name it. from now on. And it's the stash. Yeah. It's- Jonathan, why don't you put yourself on camera? There you go. There he is. Omni-producer, Jonathan Boyko. (laughs) You know, a younger, prettier Omni-man who's less angry and less alien. There he is. In the flesh. Omni-producer, Jonathan Boyko. Fredo Valkos. Stay cool. Love you guys. Thanks, Fredo. We love you back. Steven Wolf sends in a $20 super chat. Thank you, Steven. As an audience... I feel we are way ahead. Oh wait, this is this is oh, yeah, we already we did that, that one, right? Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize it was like that was. That was thank you, thank you for that, Stephen. Rachel Knight online says Arnold Schwarzenegger to replace William Hurt. It's Thunderbolt Ross or Thunder. I feel like <laughs> then I'll watch a movie and go, "Oh, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger." Yeah. You know what? It, my first inclination is like. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could play a different character, but I don't know about playing uh, the thing him. is the problem yeah. with Arnold Schwarzenegger is he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I when I'm watching him in the MCU, that's all I would see. I, mm-hmm. I, I really believe that one of the great things about the casting of the MCU is they've never cast like even though Robert Downey Jr. had a, a great history, was nominated for an uh, Oscar for Chaplin and had issues. Mm hmm. When you saw him as Iron Man or Tony Stark, you didn't think about other roles. Yeah. And I think that same with Chris Hemsworth, same with Chris Evans. I mean, they've really embodied those roles. If I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, I I could never get past him being Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's all I would think about. Yeah. I would just think about him as the Terminator and as the Governor. (laughs) Or those cute videos he did with his donkey. Those were precious. Oh, man. Those were so pure. What else? Uh, P. Dot says that the offer is the best thing on TV now. I You're will say, it. I watched episode yeah. nine last night. Uh, I, I, you know what? Al Ruddy did not do everything that he says he did in this show, mm. but I have enjoyed it. As the the Godfather is my favorite movie of all time, I've really enjoyed the actors and what they're doing. I, it's it's delightful. I still need to watch it, so I'm it's very good. excited about it's it. It's good. It's good. Uh, Cash sends in a super chat and says. So about Nev Campbell not returning to Scream 6, you think she'll be in it by the time it comes out? In my opinion, no Sidney Prescott, no franchise. Ooh, Cash, I mean, well, I agree with you that without Sidney, is this really Scream? I think they'd still do it. They've done it with other movies. She hasn't been in every single installment. So have they been as good? No. Were they still made? Yes. So I think this would still be made too. I don't disagree with you. They're going to do it anyway. I think so. Because people will go. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go. And then I think we're just ending with support, right? Yeah. Mr. 47, Mike Sanchez and Fang Blaze 71. 
Thank you all. Thank Chris, you so much. thanks for having me. Oh, thanks for being here, Rob. And thank all of you for being here, guys. I really, really appreciate it. One, you wrote in these questions. You gave us something to talk about. You supported us with your super chats. And by participating with our sponsors and everything, you guys are the best. You're the real one. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who's in the room here with me who helped make this possible. Well, let's go over to Rob. Rob, where can the people find you? In the doghouse. Um, <laughs> Let's go no. for Rob's last day. <laughs> you can you can find me on Instagram at RM Burnett. Find me on Twitter at Burnett RM or find me on my own YouTube channel, the Post Geek Singularity or PostGeekSingularity.com. Wonderful. And Ray, where can people find you? <laughs> Next to the aviation. Jen, <laughs> later. At Ray Oro with a zero. Good working with you, Rob. Nice. <laughs> Just kidding. Am I really that bad? <laughs> no. I tried hard today. I always you love did, doing you this. You great, everyone. And of course, the man who made sure everything was running smoothly, who actually knows how everything in this room works because the rest of us just talk. Jonathan, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Oh, you guys can find me uh, at Twitter, Sonic, if you want it. And here, most times, most every single, every single time, every show, I'm here. <laughs> And of course, I am Chris Carr. You can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on both Twitter and Instagram. You can also take voiceover classes with me. We've got our fall waitlist going over at eebstudios.com. So do that if you want to do voiceover work. Thank you so much for watching. We really, really appreciate you guys. And until next time, bye bye, y'all. <laughs>